Hey there, this is Jason Bullman. I'm the director of game design at Paizo, and you are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about the controversy surrounding proposed changes to the open gaming license. In the news, a new Dungeons & Dragons television series has been greenlit, five D&D video games were canceled, the second edition of the Pugmire role-playing game was announced, Paizo announced changes to their errata process, and more, plus a new listener question and a brand new sketch about magic words. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. The podcast this week is sponsored by Bertram, 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 Bertram and Sons, the best lawyers in town. I hereby warrant that this is my honest opinion, and that I am not contractually obliged to make this claim, having no binding relationship with the company in question, and that I, the underside, oh, oh wait, I wasn't supposed to read that last bit, was I? Never mind, Bertram, 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 Bertram and Sons are the best. Definitely. All the tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and uh, welcome back after Christmas to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk The first episode of 2023, I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. As ever, Russ, I'm delighted to be here. Further, I'm delighted to be graced once more in our first episode of 2023 by the one, the only, the has just been to the Caribbean Islands and has no tan whatsoever. It's... It's me, Jessica from EN Publishing. That is correct. I do not tan. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, Did everyone have a peaceful, restful and uneventful uh, time? Yeah, I don't think anything happened over the last three weeks, did it? It was so quiet. We took last week off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There there was certainly no news of anything. I purposely take a few weeks off over Christmas uh, and New Year because historically... Quite a quiet time. However, I came back to work this Monday, and oh you boy! Find that the internet had exploded. <laughs> the tabletop RPG industry is on fire. Yeah. So the roof, the roof, yeah. the roof is on fire. So, so elephant in the room, then. Yeah. OGL. Mm-hmm. Everybody listening to this probably knows what we mean by that. We're yeah. going to get all the other if news not, up. We'll explain. Yeah, but, but we'll get all of the other detail. Excruciating. Yeah. But we'll get all of the other news, yeah. the non-OGL news, out Woo. of the way first. And then yep. we'll do the OGL in depth for the second half of the show. It's going to be the yep. topic of the week because there is so the much to say. Oh, there's so much. There's going to be spills, <sighs> spills, tears, jeers. And i got to say, in my particular case, a certain amount of shouting, Father. Mm. Looking forward to it. Mm. But before we do that, yes, before we do that, we have got a listener question to answer. What? Really? Yes. And this listener question comes courtesy of Lee Williams. Oh, hey, Lee. Who would like to know? Mm. What is the most obscure RPG that you own? Oh, that is. So we all know the answer. Yeah, we, we, we all know the answer on my on my front. <laughs> it is, of course, yes. the Dallas RPG, the best RPG ever made. Not that I would actually know. Is that not or even really bit, read it, But is that not quite mainstream though? I mean, everyone's, I mean, everyone's got a copy of that. 
Yeah. Have you got a copy of that dress? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you want a copy of that dress? No. <laughs> what kind it can of be arranged. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you. I'm running out of shelf on my space on my shelf for my role playing games. So. It could have pride of place on that shelf behind you. It could. It could. So that every time someone watched you in some kind of you know YouTube video or something, mm-hmm. there it would be beaming okay. out at them. But no, that I don't have it. So that is not my uh, most niche uh, I think my most uh, niche one is because there's very few copies of it and mm. I don't think it's uh, available anymore is Make a Wish by Ashley Griffiths mm. oh yeah, yeah and it's if anyone's familiar with Ashley's work they they normally mm. do quite dark RPGs like the topics are very yeah. kind of like not some of the topics are for the people that everyone want to play like there's one that's about you know uh, two sisters that are married to two people and they have an affair between them so like swap husband type of fair thing so it's all quite dramatic and angsty and things but make a wish is a really nice one so i think because everyone that does kind of like quite dark deep angsty content has the other side of it and make a wish is a story about somebody you start as a person who's unhappy with their life for whatever reason and it could be something as light-hearted as i don't really like my job i'm stuck in a corporate job and it's not fulfilling for me whatever and it's about how you change your life to be something that you want it to be and it uses uh, cards, and it's just a really beautiful, like, game that's just about changing your life to make it what you want it to be. And I just think it's really nice. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's mine. What about you, Peter? Uh, unless I go upstairs to retrieve it from the envelope when I bought it at UK Games Expo, uh, not UK Games Expo, at Dragon Meat, I've got one game that's so obscure I can't even remember the name of it. I haven't properly read wow, it. Wow, that's pretty obscure. Oh. Wow. Yes, actually, I got. I did buy one for my friend because it's called Rock Hopper. Mm-hmm. All right. It's about going and mining on asteroids. It's a very small RPG. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid I can't remember the creator's name, but it's it's pretty. I, I'm I'm. It's not. It's like one two people know about. Another one that maybe as many as five people know about is When the Walls Fall, which is available mm-hmm. on H.io, and that okay. is a setting generator mini game. Yeah. Uh, you stack some not. dice and let them fall, and then that helps you uh, generate a city. I think when yeah. it comes to obscure RPGs, there's so many, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of mm-hmm. indie RPGs, like yeah. on Itch or, or places like that. You know. yeah. I mean, oh, obscure is a bit of a weird word to use, but well, you know what I mean? Hidden, uh, but no. more incognito. No, not well known, not as popular oh, no. as perhaps they deserve to be, maybe. Mm. But yeah, but uh, there is plenty, and that's what keeps me busy with not D&D, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right, they're beautiful little bits of uh, artwork. Oh, and for those of you who might be have made it onto the Mastodon version of the Fediverse, there is a hashtag, hashtag not D&D, as was the uh, at not D&D group, which is an excellent way to find out more about games which are not D&D. What an excellent name. Someone should make that a podcast. <laughs> let's, let's forge on with the news, shall we? We should. Okay, yes. We should. Onwards. Okay. So, first item in the news is that... Towards the end of last year, we took the big, big poll for the most anticipated tabletop RPGs for 2023. Mm-hmm. But because we've been away for the last three weeks, we haven't had a chance to actually announce on the podcast. They, they are up on the website, but haven't had a chance to actually announce on the podcast what they were. Oh. So I thought we could just whip really quickly through them. We don't have to devote like an entire episode to them, but we can yeah. just, you know, quickly go through what the top 10 were. Sounds great. See if there's any, any there that surprise you or, yes. I mean, some of them are going to be kind of, yes, obviously. Some of them, I think, might be a bit, oh, didn't see that coming. Okay, mm. let's do it then. Okay, okay then. Number 10. Number 10 is, and I thought this one would be higher, actually. Mm-hmm. 
in the list. But number 10 was Monty Python's co-curricular medieval reenactment program, which made like $2 million on Kickstarter. It was yeah. massive on Kickstarter. Um, it, well, I mean, number 10 is out of like 80-odd nominated games. It's still very good. But yeah. um, I did expect it to be a little higher. That's some Exalted Funeral, and that's coming out this year at some mm-hmm. point. So that's like rules-like game system. Yeah. It's got spam in it. It's got this mini game with catapults, and it's got spam, and it's got coconut yes. dice rollers, and it's got spam. Let, let, perhaps, and this is just a suggestion, we could focus, as you say, I on Wikipedia, as opposed to repeating the, the word spam, until yes. it becomes amusing, mm. which could take quite some time. Mm. Peter, not known for the yes and sensibility when it comes to choosing I'm aware of it, but I'm a big, big fan of a no. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right, you do the next one then, Peter. The next one, we have Old Gods of Appalachia from Monty Cook Games, who I have good reason to inform you is probably reading of Adrian Tchaikovsky's book as his next book he's going to read. Mm. Oh, yes. Uh, Old Gods of Appalachia. It's Call of Cthulhu. It's, it's using a standalone cipher-powered game. Tons of accessories and add-ons. It's about the Appalachian Mountains forming tombs. Tomes? Tombs. Yes, that's right. Tombs, the Appalachian yes, Mountains tombs. forming tombs for ancient beings of eldritch power. So, yeah. Well, this is a $2 million dollar Kickstarter, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. So that's why they're on the list. Wow. Just lots yeah. of people back to that. So mm. means they're probably excited about getting their game. Yeah, yeah. So fair yeah. enough. And it's the first time, to my surprise, that Monty Cook Games has made it onto this list. Oh. See, Monty Cook Games has a lot of very, very successful Kickstarters. Yeah, I'm surprised mm. it's the first time. yeah. Generally speaking, I I think this might be their first over one million dollar Kickstarter. They have lots of half million dollar Kickstarters. Okay. Lots of them. Mm. But I think this is their first over one million dollar Kickstarter. Oh, fair enough. So, not that that's necessarily linked, because you do get things that, you know, weren't necessarily massive on Kickstarter Mm -hmm. doing well in this list, Mm. and things that weren't even on Kickstarter doing well in the list, too. So that's not Mm -hmm. necessarily a Mm -hmm. direct link, but... There's some correlation there. But anyway, do you want to do the next one, Jess? Yes. Number eight. So number eight on the list is Warhammer 40k Imperium Maledictum. I don't know mm. a lot about this, if I'm honest, uh, but it's by Cubicle 7 and it's mm-hmm. a Warhammer thing. You're yes, so there are many Warhammer things. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, sure. The Warhammer, like, uh, you know, Cubicle 7 do really good Warhammer stuff. Mm. Sure. Look, looks yeah, like so it's a revisiting of Dark Heresy to me. Uh, I don't really know what is, that is either, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, Dark Heresy is where you play an Inquisitor's retinue, mm. and uh, you go around investigating crimes against the Imperium. Um, that in sounds a like the sort of secret, thing, then, yeah. Secret and covert thing. Yeah, that sounds, sounds cool. You, you, it, 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 was, it was ropey, but I, I loved it at the time, and I, mm. I would leap at a chance to play it again. But yeah, ropey. Yeah. Uh, so D100 system, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Keeper 7, they do Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Yes. They do Age of Sigma Soulbound. Yes. Um, so they're doing this as well. And yeah. yeah, it says it's focused on investigation and social encounters and that combat is kind of the thing you'd yeah. want to avoid in it. Yeah, that, that, that seems very true to the original spirit. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, so is it D100 basic roleplaying? Probably not. No, no, it won't. Is It'll it going to be the same system? We don't know. I, I look forward to seeing this latest iteration uh, of Warhammer 40k and D100. Okay. Cool. My well, number seven. Number seven is Free League. Free League is always in these charts. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Free League's in this chart twice this year. What? <laughs> <laughs> but this is their first entry in the chart. We yes. have the Walking Dead Universe RPG. The yes. official Walking Dead RPG. Don't know much about it. It's going to use their Year Zero engine like most of their stuff does. 
if you've seen TV, the TV show, you probably know exactly what this is. Yeah. Zombies I think it's and based, survival stuff. I think it was based off the graphic novel as opposed to the TV show, I think. Oh, right, okay. I think, I don't know. But, that, I mean, they're all linked anyway. But I am very excited for this because I love the Walking Dead graphic novels. I'm a big fan of Freelance mm. Games. Everything they do is pretty. And it feels like they lovingly make the game tailored to the license. It's not just a system And they always on. send you free copies of them as well. And they, <laughs> <laughs> and they do. And helps, they do. I, I have two copies of Blade Runner right now because I purchased one and then they sent me one. So well, I've, got my, I've got my Kickstarter copy. Okay, so yeah, I got my Kickstarter copy and I got a freebie as well, so, you know. Oh, man, no one ever sends me free stuff. Except no. for Pete Martin, he does. I should shout this stuff out more. It's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> anyway okay. I'm looking forward to the Walking Dead universe. Um, okay. Run. Peter, what's at number six? Tell us, tell us, tell us. Number six. Suspense. Kill us. It's coming from the creator, Rob Troll, who made Shadow of the Demon Lord. This mm. is the family-friendly version. Shadow of the Demon Lord for kids. It's Shadow of the Weird Wizard. Yay! Which we have recently spoken about. It, the Weird Wizard is an eccentric character who lives in the Clockwork City and whose magic has transformed the lands. Yeah, so that appeared in the um, in the list last year. Yep. So yep. it's in the year two years in a row. Um, it was announced oh. a couple of years ago. I thought it had been going on 2020. Yeah. 2023 so, yeah. years ago, yeah. Maybe 2023 is this year. Is its mm. year? Who can say? I mm. Well... If you have questions about this, I will have answers because okay. Rob is coming on Not D&D podcast on the, at the end of the month on the 30th of January. Excellent. And we're Get talking in. about uh, Shadow of the Weird Wizard then. So if you want to cool, know cool, more, cool. check that out. Okay. All right. Number five is, let's have a look. It is, oh, from Tuesday Night Games, number five is Mothership 1E. Mm-hmm. So I this love is this the one where, So Mothership was released a couple of years ago for free mm-hmm. and built up a big audience of people using the free thing. So when they came to make the boxed set official first edition Kickstarter, <laughs> it did really, really well. It just yeah. exploded because there was this ready-made audience just waiting in the wings for that who were yeah. already playing the game. So that was a really clever strategy and it really, really worked. And basically this is kind of aliens, isn't it? It's like <laughs> scientists, teamsters, androids and marines and they have a panic engine. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. aliens with the with the serial numbers filed off. I love this. I play this for one shots a lot. I'm actually playing it next mm. weekend uh, again. Mm. Uh, nice. I really like Mothership as a system. So, mm. okay then. So, what's next, Jess? What's next? What's number four? Is household. So, by two little mice. So, two tiny mm. mice have made this role playing game, mm. and they do really have a good authority game. that they are actually two small mice. Well, again, I will find out because this month they are coming on the podcast <laughs> for not doing, or, or is it February? They are guests for the for. When for it not says D&D. two little mice, sort of like semi-referring back to a sketch we did recently, does that mean they're little four mice? I don't know. I'll ask them. In when the you interview. say it's a small mouse, does that mean it's smaller than the average mouse, or just I guess that all so. mice are small? I think it's smaller than the average mouse. Right. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, it's cool. a, but basically, uh, you play Littlelings, which are like kind of like Fae. You go on adventures using a D6 dice pool system. But yeah, and it made half a million dollars on Kickstarter. Mm. Uh, and people are excited about it. And um, yeah, I'll be interviewing them, I believe it's next month in February as well. Okay. Fighting spiders and centipedes. Get in. Oh yeah, what's that number three, Peter? Ah, it is. The second edition of Belgrain Press's 13th Age. Yay. Oh, I am excited by this because 13th Age is one of my favourite games. Very easy to pick up and play. My, the, the, the biggest criticism I would level at 13th Age is it really does assume that you already know how to play 
role-playing games, in particular D&D. Mm. And if you don't, then it's like, well, there is a lot of stuff here, and I don't really understand it. If you're not mm. familiar with tropes. So I'm hoping that 13th phase 2nd edition will be more accessible to the um, the 5th edition player um, and to other people who play Surf, because, yeah, as I say, it's really well-designed, and mm. I'm looking forward to getting some playtest material. Yeah, so this this would be one I would also have placed on this list. So, huzzah! Yeah, I am. Um, I've never played this Thirteenth Age, but I've heard oh, really should. good things about it. So if you're, yeah, if you're running a game, yeah. please let me know. Well, yeah, yeah, no worries. But it's ten years since the uh, first mm-hmm. edition, mm-hmm. and when we first did this poll in 2013 mm-hmm. on the site, Thirteenth yes. Age yes. was the one that won the poll. It was number one in the list in 2013. Yeah, oh, I can believe that. And now in 2023, here it is at number three. Yeah, it's the second edition. Yeah. Yeah. Right, looking at number two, this is where Free League second entry comes in. There's always a Free League in here. So this is Dragon Bane or Draca Ocademoner. Demoner. Excellent. Dragons and Demons. Yeah. So um, this is um, it's a Swedish RPG. It's been around for about 40 years. And they're doing a new version of it with an English licensed version as well. Swedish and English licensed version. Uh, language, not license. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Use the right words for us. I've got licenses on the mind at the moment. <laughs> why would that be? English language version. Um, so yes. this is a, a classic fantasy game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a box set. It focuses on an area called the Misty Vale, which is a hidden mountain valley, which is kind of under the threat of orcs. And their play style, they call for it, they call it a mirth and mayhem play style. Okay. So that is going to be, well, that's number two, and that's coming out this year. Um, I'm like, Free League always does so well. Like, um, they're in the number yeah. one position in 2021 and 2022. In 2021, it was Twilight 2000. Mm-hmm. And last year, it was Blade Runner. And here they are in the number two position in 2023. Oh. Wow. Everyone loves Free League stuff. Everyone, yeah. yeah. Everyone loves Free League stuff. But so, do you know what they love more than Free League stuff? What do they love more than Free League stuff for us? Well, the thing I'm that's at number one. Whose turn is it to read one out? I think it's Jess. It's you. It wasn't number one, Jess. Number one, the most anticipated tabletop RPG of 2023 mm, yes, is yes. King Arthur Pendragon 6th Edition. Woo! Woo! Which has been in the list for three years in a row, I'll, I'll, I'll note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, was wow. uh, number four in 2021 and number three last year. And now here it is back again at number one. At the oh, top. you can taste the anticipation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Pendragon, um, so Greg Stafford, who passed away, I want to say last year, but it may have been the year before. I think it was 2022. He's a, you know, an RPG veteran and one of the sort of like, uh, really, really sort of famous game designers. Um, and Pendragon was what Greg Stafford called his masterpiece. And generally speaking, most game designers, when they talk about the best designed games ever, Pendragon will often come up in that list. Yeah. Mm. I've never played it myself. Mm. I have it upstairs. I've never played it myself. But um, in, in that game, you don't just play a character. You can play a whole lineage. So campaigns can cross across generations and you take on the roles of the heirs of your previous characters. And there's a lot of social dynamics and stuff like that in there as well, as I understand it. Mm. Um, oh. So, yeah. So this is the sixth edition of the game being published by Pecosium who are also known, of course, for Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that is going to be coming out this year. Hello. And that is the most anticipated game of 2023. That's fair. It's a good list. There's some good games. Mm. Yeah, some bloody good games from there. Okay. Right. There you go. 
So, what else have we got in the news other than the 10 most anticipated RPGs of 2022? We've got quite a bit. We do. Yeah. Where should we start? Should we start with the D&D TV show? Sure. Oh, yeah, that's tell it. us about that, Russell. Okay. There isn't much <laughs> to tell you. Russell. Russell. <laughs> Russell. <laughs> it's your name. <laughs> only, only my mother called me Russell. Nobody else in the world calls me that. <laughs> Russell. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, according to Deadline, there's going to be an eight-episode TV show, oh, yeah, and um, it's going to be produced by Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. and it's going to be written by the person who wrote Red Notice on Netflix. Huh. Which, is that that thing that had Dwayne Johnson and um, um, Ryan I Reynolds? I don't know. You are it was Red a film, Notice. I think. Oh yeah, Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and Rita. Arie. Yeah, I saw you that. It wasn't. I it wasn't think amazing. I've seen that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Mm. I mean, I suppose it depends what you're after. If you were after something quite silly and not engaging in particular brains, I particularly liked the Nazi base that they had in the middle of the South American jungle. I'm mm. like, you're never, it was an underground base. I'm like, you're never going to get all that concrete there. Mm. How are you going to get all that concrete there? That's a lot of concrete that. Where did they put the earth? Um, which is why um, I end up running games because, like you, that's that's why people don't want me in there because I keep all I I ask those awkward questions in my head. But anyway, no, it was but it's quite funny though, and they had uh, excellent things like um, a chase through the Amazonian jungle using a Daimler Benz, uh, like one of those very flash-looking cars, which was quite funny. Um, and there's twists and. Yeah, it's like okay. sub Indiana Jones schlock is how I describe it, but in a nice way. Okay. So, <laughs> so it it'll be quite silly. Wilson Ma- Marshall Thurber mm-hmm. did that and has wrote and is going to direct pilot episode of this D and D TV show. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, have- there are a whole bunch of network uh, networks for bidding on it, mm. and uh, Paramount Plus won out. That's kind of all we really know about it at this stage. Very early on in the uh, in the process, oh, but yeah it's, yeah, it's been ordered. Eight episodes have been ordered. I, I mean, this is the guy. This Walsh Marshall is in Dodgeball. Oh, oh I like that film. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, with the Millers, Central Intelligence, which had uh, yeah yeah um, action comedy type things. Then Ke- Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson and yeah, Skyscraper, which right, had right. Dwayne Johnson defying the laws. Lots of, of stuff with Dwayne Johnson in it then. He like I I mean wouldn't it be great like, if he was in it? <laughs> that the budget would be big, certainly. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Maybe. But it is. yeah, I mean he's quite. He's great if he was in it playing a halfling, that a would, halfling wizard. That would be great. That would be brilliant. Uh, I would watch Dwayne Johnson playing a half with no special effects or camera tricks. It's just Dwayne Johnson <laughs> looming over everyone else, <laughs> but nobody comments on it. Yeah, like, <laughs> sorry, I'm a halfling. No, no all the halflings are like, yeah, they they, they got the, they got the little people who actors in, and mm. like, oh yeah, we're halflings. And there's Dwayne Johnson just walking along, and they're like, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Speaking know, of, so, oh, well, speaking of D and D Wizards of the Coast type things, so if Wizards must. of the Coast have recently um, scaled back video game plans, mm. apparently, and apparently, 15 people have lost their jobs as a result. So, oh, sorry wow. to hear that from them. Um, yeah. Apparently they might be relocated within the company, but that that what they do is being kind of shut down. Yeah, um, so they cancelled five video games. Yep. So wow. yeah, really? that's a lot of video games cancelled. So Wizards owns six video game studios, mm-hmm. 
Um, I couldn't tell you what they are, but they own six video game studios and they've cancelled wow. five video games. Yeah. So I'm not sure whether that means they're shuttering studios or what's going on. Yeah. Huh. But that has happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I thought that was vaguely linked to the D&D TV show, you know, things that are other media mm. around RPG. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, sticking with Wizard of the Coast for the moment then, mm-hmm. and this is a bit sort of like uh, not, not, not so great news. So um, there's some staffers from D&D Beyond, or mm-hmm. ex-staffers from D&D Beyond, mm-hmm. who've weighed in on the, uh, the environment, the management style, the relationships between leadership and, mm-hmm. and workers at Wizards of the Coast. Right. Oh. So these were at D&D Beyond, and mm-hmm. D&D Beyond was purchased by Wizards of the Coast yeah, last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two people have weighed in. One is the uh, D&D Beyond product manager, Andrew Searles. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other one is D&D Beyond co-founder, Adam Bradford. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Searles left D&D Beyond in December. Yep. And he tweeted publicly um, in, in, in December in support of the open gaming community following the open gaming license news, which we'll talk about a bit later. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he went on to talk of other things. Mm-hmm. So um, he said that uh, December 16th was his last day. He says for him it was a change for the better. And it's mm. hard to describe the feeling of working your dream job and being crushed by it at the same time. Wow. Strong um, words. So despite what it may seem, um, there are good people at Wizards of the Coast... Oh, that love the absolutely. game community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he, he then goes and says, when D&D Beyond was first acquired by Wizards of the Coast, he oh. had a conversation with someone on the Wizards side, oh. and they told him that D&D Beyond was only successful because of the D&D logo and not the work they had put into it for five years. And he says, it's a culture of arrogance. Interesting stuff. Interesting. Mm. Well, wow. We that- might get into that more in the OGL. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That that that's certainly certainly not something I would say to the guy who made it. Mm-hmm. It sounds really rude. Um, yeah, but okay. Well, Adam Bradford, who's uh, the D and D Beyond's co-founder, uh, left also last year. Now works for Demi Plane Online Tool Suite. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, responded. Uh, this was starkly evident well before the acquisition. In the mm-hmm. early days of the partnership, things went about as well as you could imagine. Ooh. And something truly special was created as a result of that. Mm. Some top-level leadership changes later, and it all took an abrupt nosedive. There does appear to be a bit of a pattern building up there, really, isn't there? Yeah. 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 I mean, so Team Deep Beyond was launched in 2017, and then Wizards bought it last year. Yeah. Um, so Adam Bradford left it in February, no, February 2021. Mm-hmm. And various other staff, if you recall, we covered it at the time, mm-hmm. in the same month mm-hmm. left. There's James Haig, who's the yes. community... Uh, lead writer. Yeah, Ghostfire um, Gaming he went to, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lauren Urban, the community manager, mm-hmm. and the other co-founder, mm-hmm. Todd Kenrick, also yeah. left. So a whole bunch of people left at the same time. Todd Kenrick now works for Wizards and does a lot of yeah. their YouTube videos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So obviously that relationship remains strong. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean... It's mm. interesting context, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean... With all the stuff whirling around about Wizards at the moment, it's kind of... Yeah, yes. I, I mean, they were having a certain amount of controversy mm. with Magic cards before... Yeah, I didn't really uh, follow that. But, yeah, um, I, I mean, just very, very briefly, back at the early days of Magic, they had, like, absolutely wild, overpowered cards. Mm. Wizards said, oh, what we'll do is we're going to do a re-release because Magic turns 30 next year. And people were like, we can play with these Magic cards again. And we're super excited, which is fair. And then 
they had low pre-orders and then um, people were like who had the original Magic card said, well, back in the 2000s, was the coast promised that you would not do that? And they're like, mm. oh, fair enough. Uh, so they printed them as being slightly too large for a Magic deck and they did not refund or allow to be refunded to people who had the pre-orders. And it just yeah. seems like... And as a result, and this is just my understanding, I haven't really looked into it in great detail, a lot of people have stopped buying Magic cards, which... If you've ever met someone who plays Tragic Addiction, sorry, sorry, Magic the Gathering, then you will appreciate that this is going to be quite a big problem because, like, mm-hmm. you know, Magic the Gathering makes a lot of money because people mm-hmm. keep buying Magic cards, yeah. a lot of Magic cards, and they're just not, mm. as far as I can make out. So right, that's, right. that's, 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 that's a lot of money that they are suddenly not making. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that's some better news from Wizards and stuff mm. coming here. So we've got, um, an Amazon page for Keys from the Golden Vault. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is coming oh, out in February. that's the heist stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, there's no cover image. We talked about yet. that, yeah, last yeah. time. Um, there's no cover image. Uh, it's February 21st. Mm. And there's a very, very brief description, which says, Greetings, adventurer. You've snuck in and found a wondrous treasure. Keys from the Golden Vault is a Dungeons & Dragons adventure anthology with a heist at the centre of every tale. Mm. There we go. And that's basically all we know. Is that the standard cover that they put on? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, placeholder cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. placeholder cover. Yeah. So um, we don't know what it looks like yet. Uh, Two hundred and eight pages. Okay. Well, I imagine we'll find out very, very soon because if it's coming out next month, they've got to start doing the pre-publicity pretty soon. Yeah, I mean they've got to do the uh, pre-release leak. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they have some other things they want to talk about first. Really? What could they possibly have to do? They don't seem to want to talk about anything else, Jess. Well, I mean, just you wait, and we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> the silence is deafening. Hold your horses, we'll talk about it in a bit. I know you're look, excited. Look, we we all know that they're sitting there in Seattle going, we're going to have to leave it till Friday. We'll have to wait till Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk goes off. Otherwise, mm. otherwise they'll just be talking about us. I bet you this afternoon about five o'clock our time, it yeah. will be, they'll make a big announcement about yeah. the UGL. Hello, your editor Dale here. Spoilers, it actually came at around 4pm in England, right in the middle of recording, so it will be addressed later in the show. Anyway, but anyway, we're not, anyway, let's talking, talk about it before we yeah, talk about it. Yeah, what else yeah, have we got? Yeah. Should we talk about doggies? Yes, we should always talk about doggies. Because we all like doggies. We do. And we also all like role-playing games about doggies. Yes. And Pugmire, mm. which is a game, a 5e-powered game that's been yeah. out for a while. Is getting a second edition mm. called Realms of Pugmire. Yeah. Where you all get to play a dog. Mm. Using fifth edition rules. Well, presumably using fifth edition rules, depending what happens with licensing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, exactly which rule. I imagine if you know how to play fifth edition, you will be able to play this game very happily indeed. I've, One I've would imagine. That. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. One would imagine. Um, is it fifth edition? Uh, the original they game. Actually, was. specifically, yeah, they haven't actually specifically said this is. I assume probably but it is, but it doesn't yeah. specifically say it is. No, no. Well, I mean, Eddie Webb does develop in other things. Mm. Maybe they've personally left that out because of current situations. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah. it's not it's not the same as fifth edition. Um, I was lucky enough when I went to Dragon Con a couple of years ago to have Eddie run a game for me. And uh, we played Monica's Mal, which is the cat version, mm. which was really fun. 
definitely recommend it. But it did have like quite a few differences from regular 5e, so mm. it probably distributed under some form of licensing agreement. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But which one it is, who knows? I mean, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Oh, what other news have we got? So Pathfinder, they're making a change to the way they handle errata. Well, hot diggity dog, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are they are they animating it? That's what I want to say. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're oh. releasing it via interpretive dance is what they're doing. Oh, Eric Mona himself will be doing an interpretive dance. Oh, I'd love to see Mark Sightit start. Thank he, he seems <laughs> like he'd be very passionate about it. Yeah. No, so what happened was before, what they would do is they do errata every time there is a reprint of a book. Okay. And then they'd, then they'd incorporate Arata into it and release the Arata. Makes sense. Now what they're going to do is they're twice a year they're going to release Arata, once in the spring and again in the fall. So it's going to be more frequent Arata and mm. it's going to be more regular and more timely. Yeah. So that's basically what they're doing. They're just uh, changing it from being tied to reprints to a regular thing where you can know when it's coming. Yeah. Um, some of the Arata is um, they're changing ancestry boosts Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you do have to kind of know Pathfinder rules, and though we have played Pathfinder 2e, yeah, ancestry I can't, I can't boosts, all that well. ancestry boosts are like the little bonuses you get from choosing a specific ancestry, yeah. Like, well, uh, now, gobl- goblins I looked at, and they got like bouncy goblins, and yeah. Well, now they're moving to let you choose two free ability boosts from any ancestry. Oh, nice, nice. So, so they're moving away from the sort of is that how they're representing mixed ancestries or? Uh, it doesn't say anything about mixed ancestries, but okay. I don't know how they do it in Pathfinder. No, no, fair enough. Uh, the other change is the alchemist is becoming more flexible. Oh, yes, yeah. I won't go into details. There's changes to alchemists. Some of okay. the rules that we don't know are changing to other rules that we don't know. But there are changes to the rules to alchemists and a whole bunch of other like small changes as well. But okay. anyway, that's what's happening with Pathfinder Errata. Okay, cool. Yeah. Could I give a shout out to a couple of like little micro games that I saw, which looked really cute. One of them is a game called uh, Pocket Catacombs. Mm. Or cat- is it Catacombs or Catacombs? I've always said Catacombs. I say Catacombs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Catacombs. Pocket Catacombs, uh, which is like a simple D6 tabletop RPG uh, where you just need a one six-sided dice and a notepad. So you can like do little bursts. It's got, it, it's, it's pretty classic. Um, the reason why I shout it out is because it's by a company that I feel a great deal of affection for at the moment. Um, I'm going to say Sad Fishy Games. <laughs> mm. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Why so, have I heard that name recently in another context? <laughs> no, I have done. Uh, yes, you have. I'm like, who are these people who are threatening to sue Hasbro? <laughs> that's who it was. Yes, that's who it was. Yes, yes, yeah, that's where I heard their name. They produced yes, a yes, game, yes. so I went yeah. to water copy right. because gotcha. I'm like, yeah. you people are going to need some money. Have five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and the other the other one you wanted to call out? Oh yes, yes. Uh this one is it's Our Travelling Home, which mm-hmm. is a game about queer romance, found family, and finding healing through belonging. It's very uh Studio Ghibli, I would say. Uh, it's got some lovely artwork. It's by uh, Ash Creeder. I hope I'm saying that right. I apologise, Ash, if I'm saying it wrong. And they do not, not, lots of things. They've got another one game in the works called There's Only One Bed, which if you are at all interested or familiar with uh, romance fiction, you'll immediately recognise as the name of a troupe, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's a game for... People interested in telling stories about happy queer romance and oddballs and misfits finding family with each other, which I think is very wholesome. 
Okay. Um, well, before we move on to yes. um, the OGL and stuff like that, can we call out a couple of Kickstarters just from a couple of friends of ours? Yes. yes. Um, I think that's always nice to do. So, from Rachel Williamson, we have... Woo! And this is storming it. On yeah. Well, <laughs> last I checked, it made like $7,000 or something. And it's only been out, what, a week or so? Well, I, I, I've thrown them some more money because uh, Steampunkette ha- is a prodigious writer. Mm. I am... Honestly, impressed, maybe even a little bit scared by how much uh, she is able to turn out. Yeah. It's it's but, but, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, but this is a psionics book, yes, five E and advanced fifth edition, mm-hmm. mm. and it has a new psionics class called. The, what was the class called? Uh, I want to say Esper, something like that. I can't remember what it was exactly. Yes, but there's a new psionic class in yeah. there. I've got a copy of the book. She yes. sent you a PDF yes. of it. Uh, um, and yeah, and it's gorgeous as well. Very oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. A, a, a lot of art, uh, all, all done by herself. It's uh, well, the art, the art in it is all well. AI art. Yes, but the stretch yeah. goals are to replace that with artist art, yeah. and she seems to be storming through those stretch goals, which I'm pleased to see because I, I do personally have some ethical issues with AI art. So yes, yeah, um, I'm pleased to see that that's happening. So this, there isn't actually a 5e Sonics book, is there? Another no, no. Pathfinder. Um, I know James Intricasso had a hack at the at a psychic class. I think he called it the talent, but that wasn't official. That was just like um, release for free. Doing psychic powers in fifth edition is very very difficult. Um, and obviously, I think we've got two psychic classes planned for. Or well, I say we only in the sense of the broader advanced fifth edition family. I believe that the Voyager's Codex has two psychic classes, or one full psychic, one part psychic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's still in development currently. Yeah, um, so they, they, planned, I wouldn't say that's necessarily what it's going to end up being, but that's the current... planned to be released in 2023, is. subject to legal. <laughs> <laughs> we will get back to you. Yeah. Um, so the, other, the other Kickstarter I wanted to highlight was from Mike Myler. Oh, yeah, sure. And his oh, Kickstarter is called Oops, It's All Dragons, yes. and there's just 45 dragons. It's a mo- basically a little monster book of 45 dragons. Who yeah. doesn't yeah. like that? Dragons, dragons, and more dragons. All dragons. Oh, that's uh, that, that was 13 days ago. Uh, it's made two, j- just under £2,500, which is, oh, just over $3,000. Ah, excellent job, Mike. And if I might Lord. shout something out as well, perhaps we should... Should mention our own Kickstarter we're currently running Russ. Oh yeah. <laughs> that we launched on Tuesday. I yeah. actually forgot we were <laughs> <laughs> A lot has happened oh this week. Oh my god, how blase oh. can you get when you oh. actually forget you're running a Kickstarter? Well uh, I think you just got Kickstarter fatigue. Yeah. I, oh wow, well, actually, no, I backed this Kickstarter. I yeah. in the book. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so uh so level up advanced fifth edition, we have the Gate Pass Gazette, which is a monthly magazine that you can sign up for via Patreon, and we've basically made an annual hardcover book with a collection of issues zero to ten uh within them. So it's it's the same content, but it's just reformatted to be in one big annual book. So uh, if you get the PDFs each month, you add actually like a hard copy with all of them in. That's what this product is here. And this is an official gate, uh, gate book. This is an official level up book. By it way. is an official yeah. level up book. So it's level up advanced fifth edition that we're doing, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. which we we launched quickly this week for no particular reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it may or may not have been planned to be launched this week. 
But it is now yeah, live. But it is. And it's doing all right. It's <laughs> dropped past £20,000 yeah, so far. Yeah, it's just doing all right. A few days in. What? £20,000 is pretty good, Russ. It is pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. Doing all right. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been, yeah, it's been really nice. We've had a really nice yeah. amount of support for it. So thank you to yeah. everybody in the Level Up community who's been very supportive about this throughout the Woo. open gaming license uh, yes. times. Yeah. Mm. All right. Ah, there it is. The locked door. The ancient elven tomb of Elador. Somebody should cast a spell of opening to unbar the way. Oh, oh, I'll do it. Uh, where's my wand? Right. Hey, presto! What was that? Oh, what, what was what? Hey, presto. What's that supposed to be? You know, it's, it's magic. It's a magic word. <laughs> a magic word? Hey, presto, do you think we're in some kind of cartoon? Look, let me do it. All right, fine, fine. Yeah, you do it, yeah. Uh, see, I hold aloft my wizard staff thus and say, Abra Kadabra. What? What? Abra Kadabra. I mean, you know, we're not putting on a stage show. It's right. It's really not much of an improvement on Hey, presto. Well, do you have a better idea? Yes, yes, of course. Stand aside. Let me look at my spellbook. Ah, yes, yes. Alohomora! <clears throat> um, that's just Harry Potter. It is not. Yes, it is. That's the unlocking charm from Harry Potter. <laughs> look, you know, we're going nowhere. We need to open this door. You know, let's just try, like, everything. Okay, okay, okay. Anakazam! Hocus pocus! Open sesame! Voila! Shazam! Bibbidi bobbidi boo! Izzy, Wizzy, let's get busy! By the power of Grayskull! Sorry, um, by the power of Grayskull? Really? That ran out of ideas. Hey, you know what the uh, door opening spell is called in Dungeons and Dragons? No. Well, what's it, what's it called? It's called Knock. Knock? Knock. Who's there? Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right, don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? So, over the last few weeks, there has been a massive, massive crap storm (laughs) which has hit tabletop role-playing internet circles everywhere. And that crap storm has a name, and it's called the Open Game License 1.1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I thought I'll quickly describe what the Open Game... I'm sure everybody knows, but for the for the few people listening who don't know what the Open Game License is, I'll say what it is. Yeah. So, this was created in 2000. 
yes. by Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. and it was designed to allow third-party publishers to create supporting materials for their game yeah. um, based on a theory that the architect of the OGL at the time, Ryan Dancy, called Network Externalities. Mm-hmm. And that theory is basically that the more people playing your game, mm-hmm. the more valuable it is. Yeah. And that is secondary to the game itself. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is the more people... Uh, yeah, use the uh, analogy of a telephone. Mm-hmm. If, you have a te- if you're the only person with a phone, it might be an amazing phone, but it's worthless. Mm-hmm. But the more people that have phones the more useful, the more valuable your phone becomes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so that's, the th- that's not Ryan Dancy's theory. That's like from Bell Labs' work. Yeah. But yeah, sure. I mean, you know, he's, yeah, he's so that's a, the theory he definitely of, got the right application. Yeah, that's yeah. the theory of network externalities. Anyway. So basically, it was in Wizard of the Coast's, to Wizard of the Coast's advantage to get people, third-party publishers, to support their game and do all the supporting stuff that they couldn't do. Because they couldn't produce enough adventures. And they, they, yeah. all they could do is focus on the big hardcover books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So... That's what happened, and it worked really, really well. And hmm. D&D 3E exploded and did really, really well. Yeah. Nearly 20 years later, they did the same with D&D 5th Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, for D&D 4th Edition, they went in a different route, but that's outside the scope, I think. Yes. This. Yeah. It's, but uh, for D&D 5th Edition, they did the same thing. Hmm. And that is why, if you go on Kickstarter, you'll see millions of 5E products. You'll see all these massive licenses, like Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings and Doctor Who being powered by 5E. Mm-hmm. What... what that all that does is it all feeds into basically D and D being the most popular game at the top of that pyramid of all these supporting mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So um, that's what the OGL is. It's a share like license. You come along. You can use Wizards of the Coast IP in order to make your own material. And it's so and sell it. you know yeah. that they're not going to sue you or something because a small yeah. indie publisher, yeah. even if yeah. technically legally you could win a court case because you're technically legally right. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Hasbro come and sue you. You just don't have the same resources, and you can't stand up to mm. them. No. It's like, or or, yeah. or if another company comes and sues you, yeah, like uh, it's it's all about like sort of like having a safe harbor, yeah, and not having to defend it. Because yeah, yeah, I mean, we've we've established on the podcast before that actually a lot of what's done is already covered by copyright mm-hmm. and fair use, but having to prove that in court is mm. something that. I don't Nobody think wants any, to do it. Yeah. It takes I, years I, and is expensive. Yeah. Like the overwhelming majority of people do not want to do that. And rightly so. Yeah. We'd rather just get on making games, playing silly love games and having fun. That is what we want to do. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So the open so the open game license, yeah. version one. That's yeah. actually version one point zero A, but you know, yeah, version yeah. one, we'll mm. just call it um, mm. um this uh, has been around for twenty years. Yeah, sir. Been used by hundreds and hundreds of small publishers and thousands of creators. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's widespread. It's also used by non-D&D companies mm. that have nothing to do with D&D, like yeah. Fate and stuff like that, yeah. just in order to share their games with their creator communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not even borrowing any of Wizards of the Coast's IP. Yeah. They're just yeah. using that as a tool to share their games. Yeah, there's no use of uh, a system reference document. It's just basically yeah. they're using the fact that the Open Gaming License says, if you do these things and follow these forms, we won't sue you. Mm. Yeah. So... That's, that's what it is. Now, for the last two decades, mm. everyone has believed, and it has been the common wisdom up and down the land amongst publishers, large and small, mm-hmm. including, I will add, yeah. Yeah. Wizards of the Coast themselves, well, and well, I will they, prove they, that they, in a second. They have been very clear on that point, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, was that the license was irrevocable. Yeah. They couldn't take it back. Yeah. The stuff that they had designated as open gaming content was forever open gaming content, 
yeah. and we could use it, everyone could use it in order to make products. And so people relied on that promise yes. in order to invest time, company resources, make it their core business model, like look at Pathfinder, mm. for decades. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that was the intent as identified by the people who were in the room when it was drafted. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, Wizard of the Coast, a few weeks ago, made a short statement regarding the OGL. Hmm saying that they were going to be supporting Yojiao and going forward into D&D 1 or 1D&D or 6th edition, whatever it ends up being yeah, called. Yeah. But um, they came up with a more in-depth announcement. Hmm. Um, and this was ooh, around mid-December. 21st I can't of December. 21st of December. Mm. And uh, it basically briefly gave you an overview of the new license. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, it mentioned that it was going to, it was going to be an update to the open game license. Yep. It was going to be called the open game license version 1.1. Yeah. It would include a number of new, um, provisions. This, this wasn't officially announced, as I understand it. It was leaked, a leaked document. No, 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 no that's this later. Is this, this, this is the official announcement from Wizards of the oh, Coast oh, on 21st of December. Right, yeah. Leaked documents later. Mm-hmm. So, right, um, I'm sorry, I completely missed this. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, first of all, they, uh, <laughs> oh God, I can't even know where to start. <laughs> it's so much. It's so much. Okay. Jim, Jim. So they said they're going to be releasing widespread changes yeah. to what version 1.1 of the OGL in early 2023. So they said this yeah. in mid December. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of news since then, but we'll get to that yeah. and things have changed since then. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they're changing the OGL and I'd go through it in the order of what they said. This isn't necessarily the most important stuff first, yeah. but this is the order yeah. of, you know, what they said. So first of all, they said that they're going to make the OGL clear about what it covers and doesn't. So yeah. they said that um, it's going to cover only Printed media and static electronic files like PDFs and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it like says it won't cover stuff, yeah. videos and video games and NFTs. anything outside of printed media and static electronic files. Basically. So like if you mm. do an actual play campaign and you have a patron and make money for that, it isn't included in that. Well, it's not. It's not. Mm. It's like, like there's a lot of apps out there. Okay, as well. Right. There's character builders and there's initiative trackers and there's encounter right. builders Got and it. there's. there's Thousands of apps, both on phones, both mobile mm. apps and web apps. There's lots gotcha. of them out there. Yeah. And all of those would be rendered completely... Un- like, yeah, out illegal. of bounds. Yeah. 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 I mean, but they can't, of necessity, be complete because, like, there are several parts of, like... I mean, because the, 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 they would have to rely on the system reference document, right? Mm-hmm. So they can't use stuff mm. that isn't in system reference document, mm-hmm. which means you have no feats. You have mm. grappler, and that's it. Mm. So, mm. like, um, if it has a feat other than Grappler, then you sue them. <laughs> mm. Unless they unless they actually create new feats, which mean the same thing. But, yeah, all right. yeah. sorry. Fair enough. We digress. Yeah. So, they then announced that they are going to be updating the OGL to offer different terms, two different OGLs for those who want to make free content and those who want to sell their products. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be the OGL non-commercial and the OGL commercial. Okay, in a similar fashion to Cypher. So if yeah. you're making commercial content, yeah. they said, and this is all they said back then. There was more they said later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they said, basically, what you would need to do is mm-hmm. you would need to accept the license and you would need to keep them updated on what you're selling, mm-hmm. which the current OGL doesn't require you to do. Yeah. Okay. You right. would need to report to them mm-hmm. your OGL-related revenue annually if you make more than 50 grand a year, mm-hmm. which 50 grand yeah. for a small company that is, that is, is a not lot. a lot of... 
It's not a lot of money for on a on a revenue front, though. I I mean, depends on how small you are. Like for me, fifty grand would be wild, wildest success. Mm-hmm. But I imagine for EM Publishing, say it's like okay, this is this is looking severe. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, and you have to include a creator product badge on your work. Also, mm. you have to, if you pay more, if you make more than seven hundred and fifty grand in income in a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're targeting the Paizos and the big million-dollar Kickstarters there. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you have to pay them a 25% royalty. Above? Of revenue. Yeah, that? revenue. Or revenue. Yeah. And or so revenue above 750. Not all of the revenue, but of revenue above 750. Yeah, yeah. but if you, if you budgeted for, I don't know, 500k, you hit it big and make 2 million, there's still a good chance you would lose money. I would say. Yeah, yes. yeah. If, if you do the math, so I saw someone do a spreadsheet yeah. where basically it's a lot better for you to make 750k mm. than to make a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because of, something because like of because profit of, margins in the yeah, yeah. to explain to people if you're doing a Kickstarter, you you have to make the thing, you have to do the shipping and all that stuff, and your margins are that 25% yeah. might be yeah, what you're yeah. making or less <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So, yeah. so for a while, that's kind of all they said. Yeah. And it was kind of like that's not great, but it's not. But what I as bad as it gets, and what I <laughs> it gets worse as a tabletop from an indie tabletop perspective. Looking at that, I was like, "Oh, that doesn't look great." But if we don't like it, we can always use the previous OGL one point yes. zero, yeah. and we'll yeah. just stick and use exactly. that, and we'll make five. Yeah. E so that's what I was saying. So it we doesn't, weren't, doesn't look great, we weren't but panicking about you don't have it. To do it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that's How- what irrevocable. And what they've yes. been saying for yes. over 20 years. Mm. But then, Russ, so, what happened? A new mm. rumour emerges. So two things happened on the same day. Yes. Okay. So this happened now on the... Let's have a look. January, of January. Yeah. Hmm. I know the dates. So, <laughs> you know the dates. <laughs> well, etched in your memory due to trauma. Okay. Yeah. You weren't even... Yeah. No, she wasn't even here for them. She I was, was sat in the Caribbean on my phone trying to be on holiday. Like, do I really want to <laughs> dig into this right now? But anyway, anyway. No. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, so first of all, the Roll for Combat YouTube channel mm. uh, got a copy of the OGL. Mm. Uh, well, actually, quite a lot of them did that week yes. and talked about what was in it and so screenshots, but the Roll for Combat one decided to, like, basically release it. Yeah. Mm. So they got an official leak of the OGL from multiple trusted and anonymous sources within, uh, within Wizards of the Coast. Wow. And they said that basically there were going to be two OGLs. We knew that. Yes. And that, this is the important bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the original OGL will become unauthorised. So yes. It, Which... This is the first canceled. hint. This yeah. was the first hint that that was going to be, that was going to be happening. Up until the yeah. 4th of January, we yes. didn't know that. This yeah. is, this is, it's like, oh, okay. That's where the sledgehammer is. And, yeah. yeah. Right. And that's where the panic, mm. uh, like, kind of came on. For me, mm-hmm. as an indie this publisher, is supposed yeah. To be impossible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's something yeah. I hadn't thought could happen. To yeah. be honest, yeah. perhaps yeah. naively. So this all, so this all hinges on section yeah. section yeah. nine of the current OGL, the OGL yeah. version one says yeah. section nine updating the license. Wizards or its designated agents may publish updated versions of this license. Yes. You may use any authorized version of this license to copy, modify, and distribute. Any open gaming content originally distributed under any version of this license. Hmm. So that's basically what people were thinking. So it doesn't yeah. matter if they update it because we'll just use an early version of it, earlier version of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now the license in itself, the version one, grants a perpetual right to use open gaming content. Mm-hmm. 
Now, it appears that Wizard of the Coast currently believes that it can render a version of the license unauthorised. And this very much hinges on the meaning of the words authorised and perpetual. Now, it's not an English use, normal English use language word of perpetual. Basically, perpetual in that context means it doesn't have an end date, but it doesn't mean it cannot be ended. Yeah, so, yeah. This is very technical legal stuff, which we are yeah, not yeah, experts yeah, yeah. in. Just to we are not lawyers. Do not take care of people's yeah, legal advice because yeah. you but, be, but don't, you'd but, be but don't think because the word don't perpetual in there is just like yeah. a common English usage of the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very specific legal meaning. So anyway, um, but the license itself makes no other reference to authorization or the lack thereof in it. Yeah, and it doesn't define any methods of authorization or deauthorization. Can I mean, can my dog authorize it? I mean, it doesn't say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the, mean, the, 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 I mean, it sounds like we're being pedantic, but you know what? That's yeah. part of contracts. You mm. have to be very pedantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so there's that, uh, um, and there's a little summary. So, this agreement, um, along with the non-commercial OGL, is an update to the previously available OGL 1.0. No one disagrees that they can't update the OGL. That's fine. It's mm. written right there. They can do that. Mm. Um, which is no longer an authorized license agreement. Hmm. It then says we can modify or terminate this agreement for any reason whatsoever, provided hmm. we give 30 days notice. And we'll provide such notice by putting it on their website, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, I'll just, let, let's have some context. Like, um, I know for myself, 30 days is like, I could turn around an article basically in about 30 days. Uh, how long does it take to write an RPG book? Does it take more than 30 yeah. days? Yeah. Yes. Um, so so <laughs> yes. basically, in 30, in 30 yeah. days, yeah. they can basically make changes to the agreement which destroys your business. Yeah. They could change the royalty rate to 75%. Yeah. They can reduce the threshold for royalties from 750 down to, you know, £10.50. Yeah. They, can say, they can say they own your dock or whatever. Of course, you can say, okay, I, all right. Of course, they, you can immediately go, okay, I opt out. Don't agree with this. 30 days of notice, don't agree. I opt out. Yes. Of course, you can say that. But at that point, you have to stop selling. OGL products, which means your business, if it's based on doing that, yeah. is in big, big trouble. At 30 days notice, yeah. they can literally decimate your business. And, and that would yeah. be such an issue. One, not because you just wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to sell what you've got. You might have stock, like books in a warehouse that you mm, no longer mm. can sell, that you've invested yeah. in. You could have not released a book, perhaps you've paid for the development for yeah. the writers and for the art yeah for you could be a hundred grand into development on a book yeah. and yeah. not launch your kickstarter yet. yeah mm. imagine being in that position russ where you've developed Gosh. two <laughs> books <laughs> planned to release in Damn. 2023 wow. and don't yeah, know that would be, be a problem wouldn't it yeah yeah Cat, yeah. yeah it would be mm. Mm. yes it would Anyway, <laughs> spoilers for listeners at home. The it goes on. Code it goes has on. not been released. <laughs> I, I haven't finished about yeah. these yet. So yeah, it no, also no. says you own you own the new and original content you create, yes. but you agree to give Wizards of the Coast a non-exclusive, perpetual, irrevocable. The first time this word's ever appeared, mm-hmm. it wasn't in the OGL one point. They're using it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, worldwide was a different time, but anyway, yeah. worldwide yeah. Mm-hmm. sub-licensable, so they can actually give it to other people. Um, royalty-free license to use that content for any purpose. So not only can they take your content and yeah. use it for any purpose whatsoever or give it to anyone whatsoever, mm-hmm. they can also change the terms of the agreement so you can't produce it. They, you can literally produce yes. a book yes. and then they, they publish it. I mean, I don't imagine for a second they would because that's just not how Wizards operate. Well, you say that. Generally However... Speaking, I mean, that's not how they operate in the past. They've been able to use open gaming contents for the last 20 years and they don't. I mean, that's... But the thing is, when you're doing legal contracts, Mm. you can't 
allow for somebody to legally have sure. the right to do something and expect them not sure. to because yeah. they're yeah. nice. Yes, yeah. this is not this is not legal advice. This is just yeah. my opinion. I don't yeah, think they probably. Because even if yeah. the people in charge now would never do that, they could sell the business to someone else. Yeah. Who's far more yeah. unscrupulous? In my opinion, that's that's just covering their asses for uh, if they make something that's like really similar to what you make, and you turn around and go, "Hey, that's exactly like yeah. what I made." In probably, stuff. but, but it, they, they they don't have to argue with you. They can just say, "Doesn't really matter whether it's the same as what you made because you gave us a license to use it." It's so one sided and unfair. But that was yes, already yeah. the case. Like they could always do that with open gaming content anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's how open gaming content works. So, but the whole take stuff and but, just use it is different. Mm. Um, well, no, you can with open gaming content. You can yeah. you can take open gaming content and just use it. Yeah, um, you can, you you can do that with theirs. It. They can do that with yours. Yeah. You have to credit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, this this is the weird bit. You waive any right to sue over our decision on these issues. You can't sue them. No matter what they do, you can't sue them, and you agree not to do so. Yeah. You have no recourse. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, just accept it, suck it up, and that's how it is. And it's like, mm. wow, these are terrible terms. Mm. And, like, I am not a lawyer, I'm a fan of law, but that seems like they would have a hard time getting that agreed in court. A hard time. They don't have to, though, do they? Well, they... They don't have to because all they have to do is threaten to sue people. Mm. Yeah, but they just wait. roll intimidation <laughs> before they get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so it gets better. So uh, io9 and Gizmodo, the same site basically. I think one owns the other. I can't mm. remember which way around it is, mm-hmm. which one's the parent and which one isn't. But um, yeah. got hold of a copy. Linda Kudiga, Kudega um, got hold of a copy of the current draft yeah. of the OGL. I, I got I got to say, looking like tabletop RPG journalist of the year 2023. Like, yeah. woof, well done, them. So, well done. Yeah. So they got hold of a copy of the OGL version 1.1, mm-hmm. and I know it's too much to go into here, but here, here are some of the highlights, should we say? Highlights. Lowlights? Highlights or lowlights? I don't know. The key so, points. <laughs> yeah. Eldritch Horrorlights. Yeah. Number one, it's long. It's 10 times the length of the current OGL. The current mm. OGL is about 900 words, so that would put this one at about 9,000. Good now, God. Um, Linda didn't release this draft. She just uh, They just talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So... No bigots. It prohibits NFTs and bigoted content. That's a bit I can get behind. That's fine. Yeah. I, I agree with that bit. That's yeah. a bit of the OGOV 1.1 that I agree with. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think that's we're, fair. We're not to, entirely yeah. negative about it. I think to protect yeah. their brand, if somebody makes like a racist D&D book, they can say, stop doing that, please. I think that's, yeah. that's reasonable. Okay. I, I mean, I can think of at least some people that might be super applicable to. Yeah, but I'm yeah. not them. <laughs> yeah, well, sucks to be there. Bear in mind, the current <laughs> OGL does not have any provisions for what you can do with yeah. it. Yeah. Mm, you can mm. literally make an, uh, a graphic ice sculpture yes. with it. And <laughs> yeah. the OGL doesn't comment one way or the other whether or not you would want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because that's not how it works. It's literally, it's a share like license. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't address the content. Yeah. As long as you don't make a graphic ice sculpture of a beholder and label <laughs> yeah. it a beholder, you're in the clear. You're in the clear. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Floating eye beast is fine. <laughs> So, uh, for Ibex, actually. Yeah. Yeah. so it's for print and PDF only. It prohibits apps and video games, and mm. um, apparently pantomimes. Yeah, it prohibits pantomimes as well. The wording says, including but not limited to things like videos, virtual tabletops, or yeah. VTT campaigns. Wow. Uh, computer games, novels, apps, graphic novels, music, songs, dances, and pantomimes. Now, I do understand that D&D does have a big, big problem with people doing unauthorised pantomimes of D&D. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> What defines a pantomime in legal terms 
compared to an actual play stream <laughs> is what was Please my stop. concern. I, 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 don't, I don't think actually Americans know what a pantomime is as we would know it. I think yeah. it means a different word. Yeah. I don't. We no. we are all about the. He's behind you. It's a specific comedy show with drag queens in. But I think that's, I think that's a broader word what? in America. That's what <laughs> yeah, pantomimes are. Oh, fair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yes. family friendly. Yes. But anyway, so they cancelled Christmas. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That would, of course, render our a five dot tools site obsolete. We'd have to take it down. Yeah, we would not. With this current version license, we're not right, really be able to have if, it. If that was the case. Mm-hmm. And again, this is all speculation because Wizards have this not neither yeah. confirmed nor denied anything. Mm. Yeah. This is not the leaked document. Correct. Yeah. So it also, it deauthorizes the previous OGL. We've already said that. It states that the OGL 1.0A is no longer an authorized license agreement. Mm-hmm. So whether or not they can do that, we'll get into that in a minute. Mm. But they, that, it, it does do that. It says that. That it? is yeah. what... Yeah, the the article alleges it contains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Soon. So the date on it, on the actual thing, said it came into effect as of January the 13th. Which is today we are recording this. Which is today. Time of recording. Yes, Friday the 13th. Good choice. Oh, God, I just realised. It was Friday the 13th they chose. (laughs) It specifically says publishers who wish to sell SRD-based content on or after July the 13th have only one option, agree to the OGL commercial. So that means... Yeah. If you want to continue, in theory, if this alleged thing is correct. Well, they've obviously changed their minds because they haven't released the OGL. Well, it's, the day is not done, <laughs> Russ. The day is not well, done. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, if yeah, they yeah. were to have done this, that would mean <laughs> on Monday... <laughs> hoping to sneak it out. <laughs> Maybe. Do you know what? It wouldn't shock me. Oh, sorry, now. Sorry, sorry. It wouldn't shock me now. Uh, but that would mean, okay. like, on Monday, we just couldn't sell a load of stuff unless we signed to this. So that would... It feels like corporate blackmail. That's what it I, feels like to me. Well, I mean, if we're talking about feelings, um, my yeah. I, I, I've been in not a good place because it's like it's been really ruining for me because like not only are my friends, hello, mm-hmm. who do A5E and also people like Rachel Williamson with her first ever Kickstarter, like the A5E design team, mm-hmm. they're in trouble. I'm in trouble. It's like, you know, I don't realistically think that Wizards of the Coast cares about what I do. Mm-hmm. I am definitely a non-entity as far as they're concerned which i'm fine with but it's like the idea that all this stuff that i really love would be taken away from me <sighs> sorry anyway now for me it's even worse it's my livelihood yeah, yeah. i'm trying to buy a house right now <laughs> it's mm. yeah because yeah. i mean i mean we're, we're in a similar place to a lot of you know indie companies like we make content using that and yeah so my first day back at work was on monday <laughs> this week mm, and yeah. russ and i had a meeting mm. to catch up and that meeting was meant to be like, how was your holiday? What happened on its way? But it just turned into what we're going to do. And it's so, yeah. the, the, the worst thing about it for me is that Wizards of the Coast haven't made any statements about it. So yet, this is no. all, all we have is speculation. Yeah. And I think mm. and the, the, the worst yeah. thing a person can fear is the unknown. The unknown is the worst thing because your mind mm-hmm. spirals to the worst case scenario. Mm. And because yeah. you don't know what the reality is, you can't plan for it. So we're yeah. just sat in this something's going to happen mode. Oh, I saw, I saw yeah. someone say something on Twitter and it was, what was it? Oh, yeah. There's a point where silence becomes contempt. That's mm. a good you have to quote. Say something. You have to yeah. say something. Yeah. I mean, speaking, yeah. speaking to just what... people's minds. Yeah. I will just go over Wizards of the Coast's response to this. It'll be quick. Mm-hmm. So... I'm, well, I'm finished going through. The... Oh, we haven't finished. I'll carry on, carry on. Carry on. Oh, we'll sorry. Come back I'm only halfway through that. Yeah, sorry. But, but we, should, we should come back to that, Jess. Uh, we will, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Russ, um, carry 
So, next next bit was clear OGL declarations. A new license contains restrictions on how you identify your open gaming content. Well, it's not called that anymore. It's called... Uh, whatever they called it, but something else. Yeah. Um, how, you, how you can do that. So, you can no longer have a separate system reference document, which Paizo does, which we do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Various, which Fate does for their... Thing. You have to have it in the product itself, and you have to note within the product what is um, open gaming content and what isn't. Huh. For, for a lot of companies, they do that already anyway. For some companies that do it, I'm basically, I think that's a way to stop companies like Paizo having a separate system reference document and releasing that under the license. Mm-hmm. I think that's how that's mm-hmm. intended. Yeah, yeah. It would make books quite long because this... Mm-hmm. Open gaming license thing is what nine thousand words. Like it takes about a page well, I, of a. Printed I, I don't. Document. I don't think it says you have to actually put the license in the book. Oh, that's nice. In in this version of the license. Okay. So. All right. So okay. it will just be held on the wizard server. Yeah. I suppose it'll be handy for them to update it, won't it? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, royalties uh, divided into three tiers: under fifty k, fifty to seven hundred fifty k, and seven hundred fifty plus. Mm-hmm. And you have to pay twenty five percent of your qualifying revenue. Which yeah. is revenue in excess of 750k. It is revenue, not yeah, profit. No. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, if you use Kickstarter, it's only 20% rather than 25%. Right. Do we Woo. have any information on that? Like, why? Yes. Yes. So the uh, head of games at yeah. Kickstarter uh, made a statement on Twitter and yeah. elsewhere. Just saying, look, I've, I've seen this going around. Yes, yeah. it is true. Um, we have spoken. And this was kind of like... Wow. This accidentally confirmed the leaked document. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Right when he said it this. does, doesn't uh, it? Yeah. He said, uh, yeah, we have spoken with this guy. Um, what happened was they reached out to us a couple of months ago to tell us this was happening. Um, and we negotiated on behalf of our Kickstarter community for a lower royalty. Wow. So they've had this in planning for quite some mm. time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then finally, there's a new logo. You have to stick a badge on your products. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the least of my worries. Like, fine, we don't care. Interesting. Just before Christmas, (laughs) a whole bunch of OGO creators were contacted by Wizards of the Coast licensing department, Mm. including me. Yes, can you talk about that? Asking for a meeting under NDA. Yes. Oh, I wasn't able to arrange it because Mm. of various reasons. Um, It's just literally right before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, don't yeah. I don't know who did. I don't know who did and who didn't. Yeah. But from what I understand is in that, in that meeting, they mm-hmm. would have told... Uh, it was one-on-one. It wasn't like a big meeting. It was one-on-ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They would have told the under NDA people what was happening, sent them a copy of the OGL with a contract. And it seems like the idea was to get as many people to sign up in advance before announcing it. So that basically, it was a... How do we not fate accompli? Yes, yeah. fate accompli. Yeah. Yeah. To, 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 Before. Uh, the deed is done. Yeah. yeah. This is just how it is now. This is the brave new world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. So mm. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't um, do that. So I didn't sign any NDA. So no. I'm quite happy. I, I'm quite able to talk about anything. Yeah. That was, that was kind of my uh, thing at the time was, this, should I sign it anyway? Because I do run a new site. Am I a publisher mm. or a news outlet at the time? Which is more important? Mm. I was kind of hesitant anyway to do it anyway. So I was yeah. kind of glad that. Right, right, okay. I'd wonder okay. about that. I thought it might be good news. <laughs> that may, yeah. that may be very free to report on it, no. which is good. Yeah, no. Good. So, then we, then we have the community reaction to all of this, which is where it starts getting fun. Because social media exploded with tons of negative pushback regarding that mm-hmm. news. So this, again, nobody's actually seen the document yet, um, apart from 
um, a, a couple of YouTubers and uh, Linda Kodiga at Gizmodo. Uh, uh, but they've mm. told us about it, but we haven't yeah. seen it. Mm. That will come. We haven't seen it yet. That will come later in the story. Well, I, I think there's concerns about, like, outing the source. Yeah. Which yeah. is very reasonable because, yeah. like, yeah, there's hyperlinks which people said, I'm not going to click through on these, and rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of people weighed in immediately with their interpretations, mm. especially of that section nine that we read out earlier with the deauthorized mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. license. Lawyers have, non-lawyers have. Yes. Nobody agrees. The lawyers don't agree with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen opinions completely contradicting each other from different lawyers. Lots of people saying, oh, look, I found a lawyer that says this. So that's the case. And it's like, from, yeah. from my outside understanding, if all, if all, this particular area of law is really fiddly and specific and negotiable. Yeah. And I think so, if yeah. all lawyers agreed with each other, we wouldn't have courts, would we? We wouldn't need them. So, yeah. so, so yeah. basically, there's a lot of opinions out there. But clearly, Wizards of the Coast's current leadership, they clearly believe that they can deauthorize previous iterations of each other. And that's, when it comes down to it, that's the bad thing here. Yeah. Yes. All the rest of it, fine, no. you can make a new license. If people don't like it, they yeah. won't sign it. Yeah. Whatever. You can make whatever license you want. Yeah. If people don't like it, they won't sign it. Yeah. But it's the deauthorization of the old one that's the problem. That's yeah. that's been that's the, the kick problem. in the teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And, and it's all, I mean, basically, the effect sort of like putting the new thing is, is they could say, like, I'd sort of maybe been a bit anticipating this because I've talked about maybe they want their walled garden of D&D. Yeah. And yeah. a new OGL saying... If you don't sign this OGL, you cannot develop for our new virtual tape. Yeah. yeah. Although they haven't mentioned yeah. that in all this. Well, they haven't said anything yet, actually, to be fair. No, because uh, no, yeah. no. all this, all this time, I was thinking, okay, these are pretty onerous terms. Ignoring yes. the um, cancelling of the old one, which is ignoring Just that. But the rest the of it, I was thinking, they're pretty onerous terms. Mm. But they could be doable if they offer a hell of a carrot. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, I haven't seen any carrot. They haven't said a word. It they may be an amazing carrot. But we've had no hint of that at all. Uh, and then when it get, when we, when it came out that they were deauthorizing the old one, like, I can't really think of a carrot that would make up for that. That's bad. But anyway. Not yeah. even carrot cake. So, if you, uh, if you ask a few people who supposedly are experts on the subject of the OGL, like, oh, I don't know, Wizards of the Coast when they released it. That might give us some sort of insight or clues into the intent behind what they were doing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they released a frequently asked questions document yeah. years and years ago when they released the original OGL. Yes. And question seven on that was, yeah. can't Wizards of the Coast change the license in a way that I wouldn't like? Hmm. Like they just have, I guess. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and their answer was, yes, it could. Yeah. However, the mm. license, and I'm quoting from their fact, uh, uh, FAQ, exactly. The license already defines what will happen to content that has been previously distributed using an earlier version in Section 9. As a result, even if Wizards made a change you disagreed with, you could continue to use an earlier, acceptable version at your option. In other words, there's no reason for Wizards to ever make a change that the community of people using the Open Gaming License would object to because the community would just ignore the change anyway. Wizards of the Coast at the time believed it was irrevocable. Yeah. Did they not? Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, that, 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 I mean, that seems to be what they were saying. And And they literally told people it was irrevocable. Yeah. Repeatedly. I mean, I, I actually remember reading the Open Gaming License. It was in no way relevant to me. I wasn't going to design. What kind of lunatic designs uh, games for... Oh, hi. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a really clever piece of work. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. This explains why there are 
all of these D20 games appearing out of nowhere because there were so many. It was wild. Mm. So we have a couple of opinions from the architect of the OGL, which is Ryan Dancy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, So back at, like a number of years ago, Mm. in an article on my site, he Mm. wrote, uh, it was a long article, but plucking out from the centre of that article, he was talking about the OGL and things like that. Um, He said, I also had the goal that the release of the SRD, the system method document, yeah, which yeah. is the rules under which, the, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, would ensure that D&D in a format I felt was true to its legacy could mm. never be removed from the market by capricious decisions by its owners. That was his intent at the time. Mm. It was, doesn't make any difference what Wizard of the Coast does or says in the future. This is done now. It's out there. Or whoever buys them does. Or, or whoever buys them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They cannot, they cannot stop this. That was the intention. Yeah, yeah. I just to confirm this, I asked him the other day. Hmm. Just as you know, with all this revocation and deauthorization stuff. So I said, it right, seems and, you know, what uh, what is your opinion on this?" No. And he said, his, "He said, and I uh, again, this is exact exact quote. Yeah, my public opinion is mm-hmm. that Hasbro does not have the power mm-hmm. to deauthorize a version of the OGL. Mm-hmm. If that had been a power that we wanted to reserve for Hasbro." we would have enumerated it in the license. I am on record numerous places in email and blogs and interviews saying the license could never be revoked. Okay. Okay. So obviously, Wizard of the Coast's current legal department feels otherwise. But that was the opinions of Wizard of the Coast and Hasbro at the time and also what everyone's believed for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And has made plans according to the advice given to them. Mm. And just not for all the people who are like, oh, but you should have used Creative Commons... The Creative Commons didn't actually come into existence until three years after, mm. 2003. Yeah. yeah. There was there was software share, like, um, yeah, yeah. stuff, and that was mm. what they based it on. Yeah, yeah. That was where the idea came from, and that was kind yeah. of the inspiration for it. So we can do we can do for a game engine what people have mm. done for Linux. Yeah. And, like, you know, open source, it's yeah. not ideal. Mm. It's not like a real contract, but you know what? It stops people suing you and lets you get on with making yeah. games. Yeah. So Ryan Dancy runs the Open Gaming Foundation. Yes. When I say it runs the Open Gaming Foundation, the Open Gaming Foundation is a website that Ryan Dancy maintains. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but this hosts a number of uh, what it calls open gaming licenses. Hmm. So to qualify hmm. as an open gaming license, this I mean, this is an open gaming license. You can't, you could theoretically yeah. have others. So they define what, what to qualify as an open gaming license. Mm. It has to have game rules and materials that those rules can be freely copied, mm. modified mm. and distributed, freely copied, yeah, modified and distributed, and a system for ensuring that material contributed to the open gaming community will remain open and cannot be made closed once contributed. That's the definition of an open gaming license. Yeah. If, if it doesn't fulfill those definitions, it's not one. Yeah, that seems... This new license does not fulfill either of those con- two conditions. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, they call it Open Game License V1.1. It doesn't even resemble the Open Game License form. It's a completely different license. Yeah, yeah. If you update a license, you change a few bits of it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't just replace it with an entirely different one. It, it's, some have said uh, the GSL 2.0, the GSL being the license that they released for 4th edition, which was heavily restricted and led to companies producing their own versions of the games, like Paizo Pathfinder, say. Hmm. Mm. So, after that, we get, we get into the phase I like to call the open letter phase. <laughs> this is where 
Petitions like, on change.org and open letters and things like that start appearing. I like to call this the finding out phase myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure they've completed phase one though, so this is <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs> so there's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot of petitions and yes. a lot of open letters. I think the yeah. biggest one is the one that is at opendnd.games yeah. and mm. has the hashtag OpenDnd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think it's trending, mm. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was posted, uh, it's been signed, when I first saw it, it had been signed by over 4,000 people. I think it's like 30-odd thousand now. Yeah, it's yeah. a massive number of people, yeah. including many small publishers. Hi. Behind that are Mike Hollick of Mage Hand Press mm-hmm. and Noah Downs, who's an IP lawyer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's one big open letter. Mm-hmm. There are others. There yeah. are others. And there are a bunch of petitions on change.org. In fact, Ryan Dancy, OGL architect, launched one just yesterday, which already has like yes. 5,000 signatures on it. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he did one himself. Yeah. So yeah, we go into a whole lot of open letters and petitions <laughs> and basically social media explosion. You look at the hashtag OpenDnd on Twitter. Yes. Two weeks later, it's still someone's posting something every 30 seconds. Yeah. It hasn't died down. Yeah. Oh, um, Jess, uh, you, we were just wondering what has Wizards response to this been? <laughs> Why, thank Would you, you like for to read asking, out their response? Yes. In its entirety. <laughs> so I'll start first by saying, so I did my, uh, yeah. part of my degree was in marketing. I did a module on PR. Yeah. And one mm. of the things, in public relations, and one of the things yeah. they teach you, as it was there, is silence and not saying anything is a statement in itself. Mm. The only risk mm. to that strategy, as, as a company or whoever you're representing, you yeah. might have an intent of what you're trying to say with that silence, but mm. the public will give that silence meaning and then you yeah. have to react to that. So, for yeah, example, yeah. if somebody says something really ridiculous about Wizards of the Coast, like, oh my goodness, they're moving, changing their strategy and they're now going to make hamburgers. I don't know, it's something I came mm. up with. They might not make a statement about that and the silence is because it's so ridiculous it doesn't warrant speaking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is not that situation. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Wizards of the Coast mm-hmm. have been silent on the matter. I'm not yeah. sure what their strategy or reason is. We can only speculate. But what they have done is on the 10th of January, which is a long time after, because remember, Mm. this broke on the 4th of January. So like over a week after the internet exploded and carried on exploding for a week continuously, they said this. We know you have questions about the OGL and we will be sharing more soon. Thank you for your patience. Mm. And... And that, that, that patient bits made me laugh because I don't think anyone has been patient. <laughs> I don't know anyone. So, like, uh, and uh, um, they were rumoured yeah. to... Was, there was a rumour that yesterday, mm. on the 12th of January, Wizards of the Coast were going to be making a video statement. There were rumours coming out. Mm. Somebody was saying, oh, on Wednesday, some people were going yeah. in to record and we've stuff. Ju- we've jumped forward about a week in the timeline here a little bit. Um, yeah. There are a few things that happened before all this. But, oh, do you want to jump in on okay. that? But all I was yeah. going to say is the video didn't happen. No. Anyway. Uh, and, and and sad fishy, the people who I've said are proposing to sue Wizards, they go ahead with this open game license, said bet, um, which I think was very, very appropriate. Yes. Mm. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. That, yeah. that amused me. That amused me. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. We've but if, but if we go back to Monday of this week. Yes, Monday of this um, week. This, this is when <laughs> Battle Zoo, the yes. uh, oh, YouTube channel that originally hmm. broke the league, yes. actually shared the document. This is where the document went goes public. Mm. Where everybody gets to look at the actual document and see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's all a squamous horror, yes. Yeah. And yes, it is what they said. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you no, know, no you look at the document, told. it is what they said. No, no yeah. lies were told, yeah. 
That's awkward. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So the, doc- the document goes live. Well, not live, but gets gets leaked. It is um, apparently, from what I've heard, a version of the document that was a draft document in mid-December. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily exactly the same as what the current one on Wizard of the Coast desk is right now. Yes. But that is what the draft document in mid-December and the one that they were showing, presumably, to people who had those meetings. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they sent that document along with contracts to those mm-hmm. people. So uh, how draft could it have been if you had to actually sign it? That doesn't sound very draft at all. That sounds like no. that's finished for us if you're having yeah. to sign it. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get into the publisher response phase of the proceedings. Mm. So ah. this has basically been all week this week. Yes. Lots of publishers have been coming out and saying things. And I've got a whole bunch. I've got a page full of them here of, of different publishers saying different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that culminated with Paizo at the end of the week with the biggest announcement of all. Right. So all throughout the week. So, for example, us at EM Publishing, I won't read out the whole thing, but yeah. basically we said, you know, we are committed to the open gaming uh, philosophy. Uh, yeah. We've been publishing under the OGL for 20 years. Yeah. We want to continue doing so. Mm. We've been looking into practicalities of investing more into what's old is new. Uh, and DOGL, DOGLifying level up and mm. using the most open, non-revocable licenses we can find. Yeah. Where are we? So Cubicle 7 says they don't believe it affects a coming, upcoming 5e exploration hardcover Uncharted Journeys, mm-hmm. but it might affect future Vault 5e products, which I think is their just 5e line, yeah. including their mm-hmm. Broken Weave Kickstarter, which may instead move to their own mm-hmm. in-house system rather yeah. than that. Yeah. Uh, Troll Lord Games said... They're going to liquidate all current 5e stock, never to be revisited again in any edition. Mm. Pretty strong. Yeah. Pretty strong. Uh, MCDM, Matt Colville, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. says it shouldn't have taken advice from council. They don't think it will affect the development of Flea Mortals, their upcoming monster book, which mm. did like a couple of million on Kickstarter mm-hmm. last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they are going to end their Arcadia magazine on Patreon. Mm-hmm. So the Patreon is going to continue, but it's going to switch over to more system-neutral world-building stuff rather than Arcadian no, magazine. No, no. The last issue of which will be in July, which is basically the yeah. 5e crunchy. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to end. Uh, Monty Cook Games, they don't use the OGL, but Monty Cook posted about it. Uh, <laughs> I was there when the original OGL was created. Yeah. I know firsthand how hard those drafting it tried to sincere- sincerely make it so that it would last forever and would never screw over anyone that used it. Mm. So when we decided to create a cipher system open license with the same goals, of course we used the OGL as a model. Now, yeah. after two days of potential Wizard of the Coast shenanigans, people are looking at our open licenses, though it's dodgy side. Yes, which obviously is not his intent. Yeah. And with Monty Cook games, I think Monty Cook probably is a good person to know what Monty Cook is thinking. Yeah. yeah we well, basically, say. everyone who was around at the time, because the people who yeah, were making yeah. these decisions weren't around at the time, mm-hmm. everyone who mm-hmm. was around at the time is saying, including the, the actual lawyer who yeah. isn't able to really talk about it, Yeah, but he's, dra- he's, he's working with Paizo to draft um, the mm. thing we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> actual lawyer at the time, Wizard of the Host in-house lawyer at the time, who worked directly with Ryan Glancy, who can't talk about that time because he was their lawyer, and mm. you're not allowed to talk about your clients because that's how lawyers work. So he hasn't mm. made a statement really about it. Of course. Um, Ryan Dancy can because he wasn't a lawyer. Yeah. But, um, mm. this guy. Um, but anyway, even, even he clearly is of the opinion that it's irrevocable, you know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Necrotic Gnome who make old school essentials. Mm. You know, it's mm. nothing. Yeah. 
basically a fairly long statement. Um, they don't know whether or not it's legal or not for them to cancel it. Hmm. it says that a number of games, including their own old school essentials, are founded on the open game license. Hmm. And they are making contingency plans. Hmm. Chris Goneman of the Basic Fantasy uh, RPG. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, it doesn't matter whether they release a new license or not. It doesn't matter whether it stands up in court or not. The attempt to invalidate the license we've always depended on and then to effectively steal what we created demonstrates that they are an ex- existential threat to our game. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether they manage to do it or not. The fact that they've tried to do it is enough. They can't be trusted, is what you say. Yeah. That's entirely true. even yeah. if they walk it back right now, who's to say they're not going to try again next year yeah. or in 10 years? That's exactly my thoughts as well. Yeah. Mm. You can't rely on them as a partner. Yeah, no. no. No, I can't. I can't make any business decisions and invest in in that because it's too mm, dangerous. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like they, it's like the very. I I mean, if it was again pantomime, like they're actually twirling their moustaches yeah. and cackling mm. evilly, and it's full panto for that. I yeah. just do not understand what they were thinking. Yeah, wild. So Labyrinth Lord Dan Proctor of Labyrinth Lord, oh, yeah. um, he says that if the OGL version one point one happens, that means that Labyrinth Lord 2E is cancelled. Wow. Mutant Future relies heavily on open content, so it would also go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. other other games um, they produce, including Starships and Spacemen, don't use the OGL. Yeah, we're talking about products and product lines and plans being cancelled here. Yeah. Um, Alligator Ali has said that it would continue to work on Esper Genesis. That's uh, Rich yes. Scofler's in-house thing. I know I'm certainly happy to continue as long as I have a system to support. Yeah, I've spoken to Rich a little bit about it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we also have Ray Winninger. Oh, yeah. Who used to run D&D. Yeah. Mm. Up mm. until October 2022. Mm. Yeah. He, 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 he leaves five minutes later. <laughs> I believe it's not in the long-term interest of either the D&D community or the D&D business for Wizards of the Coast to move forward with something like the leaked plan. I hope the people running the show either reverse course or prove me wrong. This is the person who's running D&D up till October. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thinks this is a bad idea. Might be why he left. Hmm. Mm. Maybe. I don't know why he yeah. left. But maybe. Pure know. speculation. Who can say? Who yeah. Can say? yeah, pure yeah. speculation. Uh, Coral Press mm. released a big announcement yeah. saying they are raising the flag. They are committed to open gaming and the tabletop yeah. community. Yeah. yeah, they are going to release their current Kickstarter projects as planned. Yeah. As they look forward, they are going to work on a new core fantasy tabletop RPG rule set. Yeah. Available, open, and subscription-free for those who love it, codenamed Project Black Flag. Yes. So they're working on a new game, a new open game. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Kobold's mood looks bellicose, to mm. be fair. Yeah, I can't yeah. blame him. Yeah. Uh, Frog God Games and Necromancer Games. Big, long, lengthy statement outlining mm. the history of the OGL. Clark Peterson starting Necromancer Games back in 23 years ago. They released the first third-party published adventure to support 3E. And I like the very, very first, right there at the forefront, called yeah. the Wizard's Amulet. Yeah. Uh, they've published under, using the OGL for D&D 3E, 3.5, 5E, Pathfinder, Swords and Wizards, Old School, old school loads, loads and loads of games yeah, yeah. using the OGL. I mean, they're yeah. prolific, over 500 products Yeah, over over 20 years. Yeah. Um, a warehouse full of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So they say things like, uh, we are not offended by their desire to make money of the third-party publishing market. We are offended that unless we give them the permanent right to use and sell our intellectual property with no compensation, we cannot continue to operate. We are offended that unless we give them the right to let them revoke our ability to publish at any time with only 30 days' notice, we cannot make any more books. We are offended that even though we have spent thousands of dollars on making our virtual tabletop versions of our games, we can't do it anymore. Wizard of the Coast sounds like Darth Vader talking to Lando Calrissian and the Empire Strikes Back. I am altering the deal. Pray that I do not alter it further. Deauthorizing the 1.0 OGL is deeply unfair, likely illegal and evil. Wizard of the Coast, in bad faith, is breaking a promise, clear and simple. Now they want to pull the rug out from under us. They're intentionally damaging not only Necromancer Games and Fraud God Games, but the entire industry. If they proceed and succeed in deauthorizing the OGL, we will stop production. We will lay off staff and quit hiring and paying 70 or so freelancers. We will have to cancel projects that we have spent tens of thousands of dollars on already. This will put us and several dozen other companies, dozens, Hundreds of other companies. Yeah, yeah, they underestimated that. Hundreds of other companies Mm. out of business. Yeah, Uh, Putting third-party publishers out of business will create a monoculture of work in D&D that prevents diversity of thought Mm -hmm. and Mm. makes it so only one company has input into the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, I believe, part of the reasoning was that that for this OGO 1.1, or 2.0, as it should properly be called, is that they did not wish to give an advantage to their competitors. Mm. I mean, quite how one competes with the billion-dollar sales of Hasbro's Wizards of the Coast, I'm not Mm. sure how one regards even a million dollars. Because if you take a million dollars away from a billion dollars, you have a million dollars left over. Yeah. How one regards that has competition, I don't know, couldn't tell you. But, um, yeah, it sounds like the OGL... 1.1 1.1 is working as intended. And nobody, to be fair, is buying a 5e adventure from somebody instead of a player's handbook. Correct. Not, not in any numbers, but... Uh, I know, right? <laughs> Crazy. But anyway, finally, finally. I mean, there are a lot of other um, creators and publishers that have said things, and we can't go through them all because it would literally take us all day. Yes. Um, but Paizo, finally, at the end of the week... We mm. knew something was coming, like mm. Eric Mona and Jason Borman and people like that on Twitter and on, on Facebook. But mm. kind of, you, you kind of got the sense of what they were saying. Something's coming. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because everyone was looking to Paizo. Yeah. I was looking to Paizo. Everyone was looking to Paizo. Yeah, yeah. Because as it stands, Paizo is the biggest company that this would affect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They produce Pathfinder under the OGL. Yeah. Giving seven, uh, giving 25% of their profits to Wizards of the Coast isn't an option. Yeah. <laughs> the revenue over seven hundred. Their revenue, yeah, is not yeah. an option. I mean, um, so, God, if anyone was going to fight it, yes, Paizo were going to be the ones to step up to do yeah. it. Yeah, they were going to have to be. And be- bearing what? in mind that even has the second biggest problem play, they are still much smaller. And I would argue cannot be regarded as competition. Yeah, 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 but they do have the resources to fight it in court. Yes, yes, they are the it's closest the, thing the to a competitor. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. the highest so, level character out of the indie publishers. Yeah. <laughs> so they say, Paizo does not believe that the OGL 1.0 can be deauthorized ever. Yeah. Well, we are prepared to argue that point in a court of law if need be. Nice. We don't want to have to do that, and we know that many of our fellow publishers are not in a position to do so. Mm-hmm. So they are quite a long statement. But basically, yeah. they are making a brand new license to replace the OGL. It's called mm. the Open RPG License, 
They've got a number of Pathfinder creators on board already. The ORC. The ORC. Yeah, it's the ORC, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very nice. Good. Right. Yeah, the Open uh. RPG Creative License, yeah. Um, and they are inviting gamers, creators, and publishers from around the world to sign up for this new license, which will be a new open, perpetual, and irrevocable license. Now, this is being drafted by the same person hmm. who worked for Wizards of the Coast all those years ago, writing the OGL. <laughs> Time to put so irrevocable remember, in it. Sorry. Remember to keep the word irrevocable in this one. Yes, irrevocable. Sorry. Yeah. Remember to do that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. A moment of levity in the gloom. They are going to pay. Uh, Paizo are going to pay for the legal work involved, and they're going to create a brand new license. Yes. Which anybody can use. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that suddenly Wizards of the Coast material becomes urban gaming content because no. Paizo have made a license. No. So it helps a bit. It doesn't mm. solve the initial problem that people who have got products based on the 5e SRD are still in mm-hmm. deep mm. shit, frankly. Mm. Um, so, but it, but it, but it helps a bit and it gives people tools going forward to share their content and to use Pathfinder content, which is good. Mm. So that's good. Um, so that, that is where we are at the state of publishers saying stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, this goes on and on it and does. on. So. Um, some rumours broke yesterday. Two rumours broke yesterday. Oh, okay. I'm exhausted from talking. It's all been my voice. I'm sorry. No, no, that's that's fine. That's fine. It's it's grueling, but thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's doing my throat in, to be honest. (laughs) So, first of all, there was a rumour that at 3pm Eastern Time, Wizards of the Coast would be making some kind of video statement. Mm -hmm. Um, This rumour came from the folks at Roll for Combat, you know, the people who made the uh, Mm. additional scoop. And they've got contact with people within Wizards of the Coast. It looks like that statement, that that got cancelled. At the last minute. Ugh. I mean, we all look, went and looked and sitting on their Twitch channel, there was like 7,000 people or something all posting in the comments things like open D&D and cancel your D&D Beyond subscription and things like that. Mm. So it was kind of a hostile crowd and it yeah. appears, I'm not sure, that they decided to call it off. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how do I understand the whole cancelling your D&D Beyond subscription comes from a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, so... I apologise if I've got this wrong, but I understand that Ginny D, who is a fairly known influencer mm-hmm. yeah. uh, of D&D, said, cancel your D&D Beyond subscriptions. And it got picked up by a YouTube channel with a million plus subscribers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it just ballooned from there. Like yeah. everyone was picking it up. Like D&D Beyond had the, got the big hug of death from... Like essentially a DDoS. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know how many people were actually cancelling, but their, no. their subscription page did go down a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> we, uh, if your subscription page gets super busy after that, it's got to be worrying. I know, for example, I had a D&D Beyond subscription because I really enjoy showing people how to play role-playing games. Many people want to play Dungeons & Dragons, and mm. D&D Beyond is fantastic for it's that. It's a great so excellent tool, yeah. Work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially, yeah, I've talked about it many times and I've set my subscription to cancel um, on expiry, which is a thing you can do. I mm. used that page to write to the support and say to them, I wish to cancel. Uh, I was, I'm on the fence about it, but I'm definitely coming down on the cancelling side because of this OGL thing. It's not acceptable. And that was it. Like, you know, I just said that. And I've received a response from them yeah. saying, Thank you very much for your feedback. We can't give you individual feedback, but we have forwarded it to the relevant teams. Mm. So, I yeah. saw one great, great bit of feedback. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And someone that uh, cancelled their D&D Beyond account. Yeah. And then in the way they cancelled, I'll give you 1.1... Guesses. <laughs> <laughs> Guesses as to why. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Possibly, possibly a little obscure. But yeah, no, I mean, like, boycotts do not work if you do not tell the company. If everyone decided to boycott Ian Publishing because they'd taken offence to, I don't know, Russ's facial hair, which yeah, I can understand then... Like, if you do not tell, then Russ will never shave. He won't anyway. Love you, Russ. No, no. He's faced up that way. <laughs> well, I am very less beardy than I was a few months ago. Yeah, it's true. I it's cannot true. say no, the same. It's, it's, but, but if you do, if you do not... <laughs> that is also true. That's somewhat misleading. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, if you don't tell them why you're cancelling or why... And also, please do not use bad language to shout at the D&D Beyond stuff. No. It is literally not their fault... Mm. But I will say, I've also talking? seen a leak from yeah. that, that purports to be from D&D Beyond saying that Wizards has contempt for their customers. That's like maybe. But also that the management are only interested in D&D Beyond subscriptions. And mm. I have to say, that does ring very true. Yeah. Because well, they will care yeah. if you say, I am cancelling my stuff and not renewing it because of this. Yeah. They will care. Mm. They will yeah. notice. The reason yeah. they're doing this open gaming license thing is mm. to like tighten the things to make more money yeah. off their product and because they have yeah, investors yeah. in their company, they want to make money. So if they make a business mm. decision that loses the money, it is not in their interest to do that. So I think it's a really smart move to, to do yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that email you were just talking about, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's an unverifiable yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I am an employee at Wizard of the Coast currently working on D&D yeah. Beyond. Blah, blah, blah. Anyone could write that. It is unverifiable. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. They said uh, Wizards are currently planning to briefly delay the rollout of the OGL changes due to the backlash. Which we're guessing as today is the day it was rumoured to come out and we've not heard anything yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are hoping the community forgets, moves on, and they can still push this through. Yeah. Again, I can't verify this. I don't know if this is true. Um, they specifically, they're looking at D&D beyond subscriptions and cancellations. So that's the quickest financial data they currently mm-hmm. have. And their decision-making is basically based on their on their approval. No. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. Yeah. I mean that could be that could be someone who just made something up. It could be a genuine email from someone. I don't know. Yeah. 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 From me, uh on personal yeah. note, as like so obviously like my job is making <laughs> is working for an, a publisher. Uh and so I was always going to be interested and invested in this and unhappy with mm-hmm. this. And I knew people in the community that that make stuff and things were also going to feel that way but i have been really delighted to see the general just tabletop community just people that play the game and like Mm. the game have listened understood and are standing up uh for indie publishers and are telling wizards of the coast they're unhappy Mm. because i wasn't sure Mm. that was going to happen i didn't know if people would care and it's been really nice to see people have and it feels kind of fun it's kind of like we're starting the rebellion in star wars or something <laughs> like do you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um yeah. not me personally fun but in, people. in an existential threat kind of uh, way this I is suppose. how i'm dealing with this for us <laughs> fun in a i'm trying to yeah. buy a house right now and yeah <laughs> kind of way yeah i know um but, yeah, my, my, my friends are essentially endangered their livelihoods are being endangered yeah. Like my own personal income will be affected, but that's not the point. Well, it's not. Me. It's not just. It's not just yeah. us, though. That's yeah. like so many people rely on yeah. us, and yeah. we're tiny. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. How many people rely on Pfizer? How many people rely on Frogrock Games? How yeah. many people rely on these bigger companies that there, there is a huge ecosystem of publishers yeah. and people who publish stuff for those publishers, mm. and it's just been all disrupted. It seems being so. Yeah. It seems so evil yeah. to kill hundreds yeah. of businesses so you can yeah. make maybe an extra 5% profit in a year. 
Yeah. And that's what I feel like that's what it will be. Yeah. And it yeah. and it seems like, yeah, like like you mentioned earlier, people saying that, oh, wizards are doing this because they want to, to make more money. And I don't have a problem with wizards making money. They're a business. That's what they try and do. Yeah. We try and make money as well because we have to live yeah. in a capitalist system. That's how it works. But yeah, yeah. doing it at the expense of other people and preventing mm, other mm. people doing it, that's yeah. that's the issue. Like, I mean, moving to, like, an all virtual tabletop and so forth, it's like, okay, it does sound like it would be very cool. It may be... Re- but the thing is, right, they're not thinking at all, all right? Let's say that tomorrow they bring out... Like, it's not until 2024, by the way. Next year, still. But they tomorrow they bought out the 6th edition. Because this is what it's going to be. The 6th edition of D&D, yeah? Mm-hmm. Their tabletop hits computers. It is slick. This seems very unlike every bit of software I've ever seen. But let's say it's really slick. It's really nice. And you're like, yeah, this is great. What content is there going to be for it? Are they going to reproduce the existing modules that they produced? That everybody I assume, has played I through? So, yeah. yeah. So they're going to sell the existing modules again to people. And it's going to be nice. But I mean, are they going to be able to keep up? Do they think that they can keep producing new stuff well, with they what they have? On. Yeah. Um, last year, right? Yeah. Didn't we? A whole bunch of IT it? people. Yeah. Uh, a crap load of people, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, they, can, they can do that. I, I mean, that's certainly their belief. We can say that. Mm. So, they believe that people play the virtual tabletop and that they will play the same adventures that they have already played. Mm. That DMs will run the same stuff that has already been run, but with less opportunity to customize mm. and with much less third party support. Yeah. I mean, because, like, yeah, you, I, I mean, you could sign the OGL 1.1 and be like, yeah, I'll take advantage of this market. I don't really care. Like, it would be a mm. chance for me to get stuff out there. I will sign the OGL 1.1, you could say, because I am never going to charge for my games. I don't believe it's good enough to be charged for. I'm like, well, you can. Mm. But do you want to reward this behavior? And that's mm. the question that you've got to say. Do you want to reward the most egregious display of bad corporate behavior in the industry? from a company that, quite frankly, has quite a lot of form of bad, bad behaviour. It is Mm. quite interesting, the tabletop games industry, because I don't know many other industries where a corporate company changes a licence to competitors and end consumers' care. Yeah. I don't think there's Mm. many Mm. where that's the case, but it it is here. Well, I I mean, I'm going to say, it's not really consumers, because consumers are quite passive. I've seen this Mm. written a couple of times. And it's like, actually, the nature of gaming is... The nature of online gaming mm-hmm. is single people um, playing playing versus player. There's not... There's, like, sort of a community, but it's, like, not really... It's, like, everyone's basically yeah. competing against each other. Whereas role-playing is essentially a cooperative activity. It is, yeah. Because one person, the GM, comes along and does stuff. They bring in their friends. And then stories and fun are created from that. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, it's just like you're just not understanding the market. You are attempting to replicate startup logic, which is that you should monetize, extract profit from at every link in the chain from your people. It's like, wild. Wild. Hmm. Well, I think we're kind of up to date on that now. I think so. I think, Do you want to check there's not The thing is, a- there's, a, there's a last bit of the story. Yeah, I just did. <laughs> I just checked. I was going to say, is there a press release that's come out or something whilst we were talking? Nothing's happened. Nothing's happened yet. Yeah, Nothing's yeah. happened. Oh no! Someone's mentioned me on something. 
Oh, well, yes, there is. Here we Breaking go. News. Just literally here, just now. Yes. Just now. Nine minutes ago. Ah, okay. Ah, look, look, wait, they fought. That have finished the podcast. We have a thing. Okay, I'm gonna read. I'm just gonna read this out. I'm gonna just yeah. read this out. Okay, mm. it's, it's longish though. Okay, I'm sorry. No, yeah, that's okay. Can I do? I don't know what it says. I don't know what I'm reading. Oh out. lord! An update on the Open Gaming License OGL. When we initially conceived of revising the OGL, it was with three major goals in mind. First, we wanted the ability to prevent the use of D and D content from being included in hateful and discriminatory products. Mm. Second, we wanted to address those attempting to use D and D in Web three. Don't actually know what that means. Well, blockchain, blockchain games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And NFTs by making mm. clear that OGL content is limited to tabletop role-playing content like campaigns, modules, and supplements. And third, we wanted to ensure that the OGL is for content creators, for homebrewers, the aspiring designers, our players, and the communities, not major corporations to use for commercial and promotional purposes. Driving these goals were two simple principles. One, our job is to be good stewards of the game. And two, the OGL exists for the benefit of the fans. Nothing about these principles has wavered for a second. <laughs> this is why our early drafts of the new OGO included the provisions they did. That draft language was provided to content creators and publishers so their feedback could be considered before anything was finalised. In addition to language allowing us to address discriminatory and hateful content, content and clarifying... What types of products the OGL covers? I'm really sorry. This is really boring just listening to me. No, no, I'm riveted. I I, I just kind of want to get it on on record on the podcast. Please do. I'm finding it fascinating. We can can edit and talk about it afterwards. Please. (laughs) Our drafts included royalty language designed to apply to large corporations attempting to use OGL content. It was never our intent to impact the vast majority of the community. However, it's clear from the reaction that we rolled a one. It has become clear that it's no longer possible to fully achieve all three goals while staying true to our principles. So here's what we're doing. The next OGO will contain the provisions that allow us to protect and cultivate the inclusive environment we're trying to build and specify that it covers only content for TTRPGs. That means other expressions such as educational and charitable campaigns, live streams, cosplay, VTT uses will remain unaffected by any OGL updated. Content already released under 1.0a will also remain unaffected. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good to know. So, so they well, removed so, the attempted revocation. Okay. Well, no, but that sounds like you, you mm. can't release new stuff yes. under one point zero eight. Yeah. But stuff yeah. You well, let's read on. Let's read what on. What it will not. Yeah. What it will mm. not contain is any royalty structure. Mm-hmm. It also will not include the license back provision that some people were afraid was a means for us to steal work. The thought never crossed our minds. <laughs> under any new OGL, Sorry. you will own the content you create. We won't. Any mm-hmm. language we put down will be crystal clear and unequivocal, unequivocal on that point. Mm-hmm. The license back language was intended to protect us and our partners and creators who incorrectly allege that we steal their work simply because of coincidental similarities. I believe, honestly, I believe that. Okay. Bit. I do believe that. Bit. Mm. Like, that's what I thought it was there okay. for in the first place. Mm. I don't think they need to nick stuff from no. us. I don't mm-hmm. think they care enough about yeah. our stuff. Um, I don't think they care about us, correct? Yeah, it's the same <laughs> as when you send a script to a movie studio and they won't read it. We'll let them off that bit. Crack yeah, I, I do believe that bit. Yeah, yeah. As we continue to invest in the game that we love and move forward with partnerships in film, television and digital games, that risk is simply too great to ignore. The new OGA will contain provisions to address that risk, but we will do it without a license back and without suggesting we have rights to the content you create. Your ideas and imagination are what makes this game special and that belongs to you. A couple of last thoughts. First, we won't be able to release the new OGA today because we need to make sure we get it right, but it is coming. Second, you're going to hear people say they won and we lost because making your voices heard forced us to change our plans. Those people will be only half right. They won and so did we. 
I mean, there are people who are going to read that and they're going to eat it up. Right? They're saying it's a win-win situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's totally what's happened here. Anyway, our plan was always to solicit the input of our community before any update to the OGL. The draft we've seen were attempting to do just that. We want to always delight fans and create experiences together that everyone loves. We realised we did not do that this time and we are not sorry for that. The goal was to get exactly the type of feedback on which provisions worked and which did not, which we ultimately got from you. Any change this major could only have been done well if we were willing to take that feedback no matter how it was provided. So we were. Thank you for... Oh, yeah, just thank you. Um, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah so, so my problem with this, my problem with this is, okay, they've taken back some of the things that yeah, were yeah. problematic. Mm-hmm. They haven't taken back the important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only reference mm-hmm. to OGL 1.0a yeah. that they make, yeah. the only reference that they make mm-hmm. is that content already released under yeah. 1.0a will remain unaffected. Yeah, yeah. They do not say that you can continue to use 1.0a for continuing products. So that does still matter. Yeah. So I, it I, means, yes, we can continue to sell our existing level up books, but our new level up books will need to be under their new regime. So we're going to have to publish them all of that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nightmare. Yeah. yeah I, well, why do you think I brought forward that Kickstarter? <laughs> immediate reactions. Legit. Yes. Why was this not posted last week? Mm. Because it, it, if it I mean, if it no. is genuinely, no. maybe this is just bad PR. But they mm. have a whole entire department that do marketing and PR. So I'll be shocked to my yes. core if that's the case. Why do they, mm. as soon as the news broke, come out and say, "Hey, this leaked document isn't the final thing. We sent this out to people to get feedback. We are still in the feedback mm. phase. Please do not read this as read. We'll come out with a statement confirming what we're actually doing. If you have thoughts about it, please send it to us." A week ago, no. like on the 4th or the 5th of January, if you had said this no. sort of thing then, not committing to anything, but saying this was feedback we sent out and, and saying that sort of well, thing, I might... We did the NDAs to ask it. Yeah, yeah I would... Mm-hmm. I would have... It doesn't reassure me. No. I I mean, they've essentially said that they are happy to pose existential threats to the game Sorry, industry. Keep to looking for a moment. I'm just writing a quick news yeah, we also, yeah, 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 put that, put that, that yeah. on the world. Live... Ah, this is how it works. Amen. Yeah. yeah um. Ooh. Yeah, I I don't believe a word of it. So, I yeah. I mean, like, I believe I believe the bit about the oh we were trying to protect ourselves by not having people claim that they stole our stuff. It's like okay, that does sound plausible because there's only so many ideas and with yeah with th- yeah things yeah. like this it was either incompetence so we meant to do this but it backfired because we didn't think about the fact it would affect in all these ways. Or it was malicious intent. So those are the two things. Mm. Neither are great, but... I I mean, like, was it Handen's razor? You shouldn't assume malevolence when incompetence yeah. will exactly. do it. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of what and I'm going to presume in some ways. But is exactly mm. as Russ said, the, the big issue for me is that you ha- mm. in order to produce more content, you have to use the new license version 1.1. You can't use yeah. earlier versions of it. That was the yeah. key. That is a key issue for me, and remains yeah. unaddressed. Yeah. At least now I know that, like you say, the stock I have in warehouse and the books we've already produced, we can continue selling, which is great because, yeah. you know, we literally did a Kickstarter in uh, in October and invested in in a whole load of new books. Yeah. So that's good to know that that's coming through. But does it mean you can't do anything else? To me, that to me that red light, you can't do anything else unless you agree to these new license terms and we'll 
they're coming up with the new license and we'll we'll have a look yeah i i mean they've been i would say intentionally trying to chill the third party industry since uh, the middle of last june when they announced their it's totally not six edition which is looking very much like six edition mm-hmm. and that obviously has a chilling effect on third party sales mm-hmm. i have some Questions which will never be answered because people are under non-disclosure agreements about the contracts that they were being asked to sign. That was in December with that version Mm. of the document and it can't really have changed substantially. No, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they've tried it on and uh, they said, we're going to do the most horrendous things you can possibly think of and now they're going to walk it back. So what would be completely unacceptable. And people will be so grateful that they're not going to retroactively cancel the 1.0 that they'll accept this turn of events. And I don't think you should. I think if you want to keep playing your game of d you should definitely tell, tell them you're cancelling your D&D subscription uh, because like the changes to the, stop preventing the OGL from going forward is weird. And also these, these, all these things about, um, oh, we want to prevent NFTs from using our games. We want to prevent web 3.0. Yeah, sure. Fine. I yeah. Mean, no I one's mad good. about that. Yeah. But it's like, I, 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 I don't, that, that, was that even mentioned in the original draft documentation? I, yeah. It's like, and I, bad actors using it. Well, it's like, well, the only way you can distribute most stuff is through one bookshelf, uh, who have fairly stringent guidelines in place. What it, are these actual problems being addressed? Is my question. And also, like speaking, has someone who is part of, I guess, yeah, actually part yeah. of the LGBTQ community. It's like the instruction of no big, the, the enforcement of no bigotry. It's something that I have questions about because, like, it has been used before to get rid of queer content. Like, that's a fact. Like, you know, one bookshelf mm. only, like, I think probably about two years ago, re- uh, changed its restrictions on, um, like, you know, gay content. Like, you know, so it's like, this is, it's like, it sounds nice, but I'm afraid that their actions have led me to be deeply skeptical and, I think that if you are a publisher or even a micro-publisher, you should get out of town. Like, get out. Leave. What do you mean by get out of town? In terms of working with Wizards of the Coast, you mean? Oh, well, like, or releasing stuff under the OGL. Okay, yeah. Like, I hope that Ian Publishing is going to move away from whatever they're planning and use... Well, we've made made our statement this week. We'll have a meeting yes. on Monday, and we'll probably yeah, yeah, make yeah. another I'm not statement. Make a statement <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, I, I, per- yeah. I personally would hope that I would like to be able to continue playing Level Up in the future. I'd like to continue developing mm-hmm. and doing like nice, cute little heritages and cultures—the things I enjoy doing for the flood. Like that's what I want to do. Um, obviously, you're going to need to have a conversation about that. So mm-hmm. I'm not expecting a reply. Yeah, live on the podcast. Yeah, I know, right? That would, that would be very rude of me. Please, please assure me. I'm just saying. But yeah. like, I'd like to play more Level Up. People would like to play more Level Up. It's pretty awesome. If you're playing D&D, change to A5e tools. Use that instead. It's ex- If you can play, if you can run 5e, you can use that and it will work for all your third party stuff. No problem. Stop supporting Wizards of the Coast because, wow, they are like determined to destroy everybody else. 
Right, I yeah. posted that to Ian Road now. So. Yeah. Ross. It's very, very brief. But yeah, Ross, yeah. what are your yes. immediate thoughts to that statement? Yeah. Peter and I have. Uh, so my immediate thoughts. So uh, we can use your content for any re- reason. Provision going away. I wasn't that bothered by it anyway. They could do that under the OGO, previous mm. OGO anyway. Um, and I believe them when they say that was just to stop you yelling at them when they coincidentally made something similar to sure. yours. That was the one bit of it that didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the royalties aspect being removed, um, good, I guess. I mean, that more affected people like Paizo than us. Yeah. But, um, you know, that badly affected if someone like Paizo, mm-hmm. that is a multi, multi-million dollar company, would be paying 25% of multiple millions of dollars to Wizards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The content previously released under OGLV 1.0A can still be sold. Good. Yeah. That takes away one worry. Yeah. We don't have to take anything yeah. down. But that's all they said. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, it's a short statement. They, it seems to imply to me that new content must still use the new license. Yeah, that's my fear. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, that's still a deauthorization. Yeah. Attempted deauthorization. Yeah. That's still a deauthorization. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not happy on that. I mean, it's not as bad as it was, but it's still not yeah. good. And finally, they don't even mention some other aspects. They don't mention the reporting revenue aspect. You know, where you had to report your revenue to yeah. Wizard of the Coast every year. Yeah. And they don't mention that we can change this in any way at 30 days notice provision. Yeah. It might be that that's just too much of a small detail that they didn't even get into mm. that much detail in the thing. But I don't think, I don't know. No. But anyway, so they didn't mention those two things. And those two things I would definitely want clarification on because especially that we can change this in any way. That's just, mm. you can't sign a contract that the yeah. other person can unilaterally change at any time in any way they want. That's not even a contract yeah. in my mind. Yeah. That's, that's, just, a, that's just a blank yeah, check. Like, yeah. That's literally me giving you a blank check and saying, write what you want. Is saying, oh, here's my bank account details. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that is is still a problematic. Maybe maybe they tend to remove that as well. Maybe. I don't know. But, maybe. But. Um, and they certainly haven't mentioned revocability or anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I don't know at the moment. What, what's what materially changed? I'm so confused. It's like they're going to uh, say well, the royalties not... bit. The royalties yeah. bit is a big thing, especially if you make a lot yeah. of money. royalties if bit and ownership of content. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the two main things. So everything else we've covered out. remains problematic, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. exciting yeah. to have a live scoop on the air! But that does Woo! mean it does mean that we don't have to worry about stopping selling stuff. Yes, yes. yes. it means. It does mean, though, if you have invested and plan to release things this year, I wonder if the first half of this year or the first few months of this year are going to be flooded with people just publishing stuff. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if you don't have a massive launch because if it's out there, then you can at least continue to sell it so it's not a sunk cost. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I am... Yeah. But does that mean you might have to release products that aren't really quite ready? Maybe you're in the stage yeah. of playtesting something. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's difficult. It's, it's difficult. difficult. Well, we'll see what we'll see what they say because they say they're planning on getting a new. I mean, as it is, I don't think that affects what we've said. Mm. I think we stand by what we've said from 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 like that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't affect what yeah. we said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what we said before, even if in their statement they rolled back everything, even if they said, mm. "Do you know what?" We're, we're actually not doing 1.1 at all. We're just going to keep 1.0, you know, which is what they're not doing. But let's hypothetically yeah. say that's what they did. I still mm, think as yeah. a publisher, I would be worried and be like, 
mm, we need yeah. to we need to be really careful yeah. and n- not invest in that because well, they're doing well, that today because the community has stepped in you know like because the beacons were lit gondor came gondor called for aid and people came but will Mm. will they come next time will will they be able to put them off next time don't know it's a strategy i mean and they're what they're doing is they're also prepping the ground to paint anyone who complains about this has being pro-bigotry has pro and it's like it's just like trying to put this out to make people look bad if they kick back about unreasonable business practices i i saw someone with a bingo card of what they think the statement was going to say and (laughs) one of them was their wizards claiming indignation that we were just trying to protect you know different minorities and make sure there's no bigotry what is interesting this claim that it is a draft intended for feedback Mm -hmm. now i can't say whether or not it was for sure obviously Mm. i don't work at wizard of the coast i'm not there Hmm. However, I do know that Griffin Saddle Games, hmm. who are one of the content creators because they've got some big Kickstarters, yeah. contacted by Wizards of the Coast in and had those NDA meetings, and stuff, yeah. has said that they were sent the o- the OGLV one point one as we saw it yes. with an attached contract to sign. Hmm. That doesn't sound like a draft. But if they can change oh, it in 30 days, I guess everything's a draft. I suppose, yeah. I suppose, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, the, the world of perpetual draft and perpetual, we can change yeah. it how we like. And it's yeah. like, sure. Yeah. I mean, none of us can possibly know. No, We're not sitting in the office of Wizards of the Ghost. But, yeah. you know, colour me oh. cynical. I mean, I would be interested in an explanation as mm. to how you can have a contract for this. But I suppose we won't know Exactly. We could just say that there is definitely a contract. Do you reckon if we invite Wizards on the Coast, they'll come on the podcast and answer the questions? <laughs> no. <laughs> why, why would they bother with us? We're beneath their contempt. Well. As are the rest of the tabletop <laughs> industry. That's a great sick yeah. burn. You are beneath my contempt. I'm going to keep that and use that. No, you should. Okay. Today's been a long week. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. It all began with the forging of the Great Scrolls. These were given by the Council of Wizards to the people of the realm, for within these scrolls was bound the power of creation, and with their magic, many kingdoms prospered as the arcana spread, growing to ever greater height. But they were all of them deceived, for another scroll was made. In the land of Eltes, in fires of green, the Council of Wizards penned in secret a master scroll to control all others, and into this scroll they poured their cruelty 
and their avis and their greed to take all that which can be taken. One scroll to rule them all.